Blog Talk Radio. Do you love the outdoors? Do you want to help make a difference for the planet? Then get involved in Collectively Rewilding. Collectively Rewilding is a movement to restore degraded ecosystems and reinvigorate sustainable traditions almost lost by working together. It's based on the idea that we can achieve more by working together than we can by working alone. Sharing the skill sets we have built over the years with each other and providing the community support we all need when there is so much work to be done in finding a sustainable future. To join our community here in Collectively Rewilding, go to www.collectivelyrewilding.com. Let's bring nature back into our lives in a community built for the wild in all of us. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all. I think you should do? I think you should join us for Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where I am always hosting. My name is Felicia DeRosier, and I have two amazing co-hosts. Cross, the favorite. You wish. This is Mariah, the real favorite child. Oh, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time learning about the Bible and possibly a little time learning about humility. That would be awesome, right? Yeah, Cross. <laughs> yeah, Mariah. <laughs> we air live every Wednesday from 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 1030. Uh, right now we're going through the Book of Romans, but we're going to start moving into the Gospel of John. We're going to learn about Jesus. We're going to learn about living and walking in the Spirit and learning to be a little humble with those that we live with. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait for you to join us. Right, guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. We talk a lot about the kingdom here, and we talk a lot about what most churches are afraid to talk about or don't even know to talk about, which is what the first century church was really doing. But just talking about it is not enough. We encourage everybody to join us uh, in their local neighborhoods, in their local communities, to find out more about what they can do to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, gather with others who are already starting this road or starting to turn around and do things differently. Join us on thelivingnetwork.org or at hisholychurch.org. Go to the network links or go to preparingyou.com. Join the network there. It's all the same. 
and we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. They will not be perfect. They don't walk on water. They are not necessarily saints, but they are talking about seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And join us on Facebook, facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. But it's just not enough to sit and listen or to talk about or to say. You must become a doer of the Word. Hello to all you something duckers out there. The CEO of Lysnicka demanded I shoot a holiday video. We need to promote everyone get their Lysnik boosters every week. All you nimwits and rubes just keep taking it. But Mr. G, Lobolus wants me to be nicer to you since this will be your last holiday season on Earth. By the way we now have the suicide pods available for rental. Before you enjoy your last breath in a suicide pod, we need you scalawags to get tested for COVID. You must be completely up to date on your vaccine passport. Absolutely no exceptions. When you step into the suicide pod, we do not want you to catch COVID. You must also wear at least five scams on your face, with a minimum of two of your scams being an N95. After you take a final breath on Earth, we will give you another COVID test. Both before and after your trip to the suicide pod, you will be required to go through the TSI naked body scan. We need to make sure we're not hiding any Ivermectin, Federal Reserve notes, or carbon inside your person. For all we know you could be a something ducker that likes to hide Nuremberg code inside your junk. We need to keep you comfortable and safe. Also please remember, when your person turns to ashes and dust, Please do make sure you are still keeping with local social distancing guidelines. You must still keep your ashes six feet away from the previous customer. If you refuse to get in the suicide pod, we will take you to the local FEMA camp. That is all and have a holiday season. Hello Freedomizers. I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative radio show. I am the Wire Ripper. Not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer Radio and the Proof Negative radio show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect the One World Government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this instant so I can check your person for a constitutional cash money. Anyway, listen to Proof Negative on Freedomizer Radio. Weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Freedomizerradio.com Now, let's get back to the Proof Negative show here on Freedomizerradio.com Welcome to the Proof Negative Radio show right here on freedomizerradio.com now sit back and enjoy the show
Comedian Jim Brewer wrote, leftist with Trump derangement syndrome. That's a new syndrome, man. <laughs> Trump derangement syndrome. PDS. I'm actually actually very curious to how he's going to describe what that is. These comedians have been put on the spot lately about a lot of things. I'm because the world is soft. I haven't even like thought about watching like a comedy special. I don't watch comedy. I can't watch stand-up. It's not funny to me. Oh, man. What? I love stand-up. Yeah, I, I, love yeah, I never watched Kevin Hart. I love it. It's hard for me to sit there and be like, make me laugh. Yeah. My, my brain automatically wants to either not laugh because I'm I don't know it's just I'm weird. You don't let that the image. I love a good stand up, but sometimes like I, I like funny like, movies. I like it better when it's like a natural, and I feel like they're not just like trying to make you laugh. Like they're yeah. telling the story, and it's like uh, the only yeah. the, I really love uh, Kevin Hart and Bill Burr. Yeah. Bill Burr be having. You ever watch like Cat Williams? Gillis a lot? Cat and Williams. No, Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis is the best one I heard recently. I mean, Shane Gillis actually right now. If you want like my my favorite comedians right now, Shane Gillis is probably number one. I need to check. Out, he is actually he got a new stand up on Netflix that one's good but the one that I did on my YouTube channel that's probably my favorite one he did that one is fire Bill yeah, Burr I'm forever not a to fan go. of it at all man. and I only watch it like when my parents watch it I, I also show. really like sketch comedy like Dave Chappelle show Ken Pill well, I, like, I, like I, I don't like that Thank you. Thank you. sketch Keith. comedy I like an actual like a, a movie or a show that's actually funny you know? yeah yeah yeah. My, fa- like the, my, my, my favorite comedy movie is probably uh, Rush Hour I like All About the Benjamins. That's a good one. That's a and, great one. And a newer one that's funny to me is Get Hard. That's a great I one. I was absolutely crying. That's a good one. That's, that, that, that's that. Kevin and uh, Will. And Will. That's, yeah. a great one. that's a great one. I was really, I remember being in theaters like crying, like tears down my face, having to get nappy. <laughs> no, that, that has never so happened. Will, 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 Will actually, <laughs> no, you understand how funny that movie is. Will, Will, yeah. No, Will Ferrell is actually like top five funniest comedians <laughs> in the world. Yeah, easily. Easily. Talladega Nights, go to movie. You know what movie had me weak because somebody was laughing so hard. Thin line between love and hate when it's hard. Oh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Why you do that? Why you do that? Stop talking like that. No, right, let's get to the Let's go and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I try to pronounce my word. <laughs> That's not helping. I try to pronounce my word. Alright, come on, come on. That was like a demonic, like the devil came out and just whoever was gonna make me go straight. Everybody's thinking this. I'm back from Thanksgiving and I'm fat because I ate a lot of food. Uh, I didn't have sushi. What did I say? I almost said sushi. I didn't have uh, chitlins because my wife <laughs> and she refused to cook chitlins for me. But one day, my black grandma will come over and cook some chitlins. Anyway, I hate chitlins, Let's bro. get on to the video. I've never had chitlins. So this gentleman no. named Brewer, right? What's his first name? Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer. And I know Jim Brewer. I never knew his name, but I knew him from Half Baked. So if anybody in my oh, generation that's a great movie. had baked I've never seen that. So it's him and Dave Chappelle, Chappelle was yeah, that was funny. crazy in that movie. That's a great movie. It was the funniest movie growing up, and maybe I was too young to watch Half Baked. But anyway, he did a comedy skit, and that. I don't know if this is old or new. All I know is that it was hilarious. And this is what every American thinks, in my opinion, when they think of these leftist lunatics and how they get so butthurt over Trump. And this is exactly the, the skit, the, the minute and 51-second skit that every American and everybody around the world can probably relate to, wrote a clip. What? What <laughs> is going on? <laughs> right? Like, it's past. It's past if you're divided politically. Even, 
You have to admit, even if you're like, I don't care as long as it's not you know who. <laughs> that was like a demonic, like the devil came out and just whoever was like, we're gonna make people hate Donald Trump. Hate. <laughs> Get him. I know his throat hurt doing all that. Like yeah. Insurrectionists. <laughs> they lynch people. <laughs> Just like that. I'm not gonna blame you because I saw the news channels. I saw them saying just racist, sexist. You were just waiting to pee in the middle of the night. He hates Mexicans. (laughs) He says they're rapists and he hates black people. They had remember the woman's march. We're gonna march. <laughs> they did that against Trump. I'm pretty sure. Oh, they knew what a woman was then. Oh no! That was actually a great joke. That was a great joke. Oh my god! That was a great joke. I wish I could watch the whole thing, but they'll ban me on here if I played the whole skit. That's crazy. I, that was the most hilarious stand-up that I've heard in a while. <laughs> somebody made a stand-up comedy skit about Joe Biden and they banned it on TikTok. Really? Really? Matthew, really? True. But anyway, I'm glad that they didn't ban this one, but I think it's absolutely hilarious. People are nutty, man. It's like, it's like, look, Joe Biden is the worst president to ever exist, in my opinion. But I, I'm not crazy. like crazy. I'm not going to tell my dad he can't true. come for Thanksgiving because he voted for Joe Biden. It's like, man, that's that joke's on you, bro. I mean, they ain't got nothing to do with me. I mean, I no. like that you did it. Did y'all see that TikTok? Mm-hmm. That girl at the uh, table? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was like, my family, had, we have a Democrat yeah, table. Yeah, we don't have a young and old table. They had a, we have a Democrat table. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, we got to find that clip. And they're sitting there like, we're not sitting next to them. <laughs> That's absurd. No, that was actually. It ain't never been that deep. That was probably a troll, bro. That's the thing about America, bro. Like you you can vote for who you want to vote for, and I can too, and we can live in peace. They getting shot. They getting shot straight to the head. I mean, you want to get a shot? That's on you. I'm not gonna tell you can't come because you vaxxed. It's it's just it's only one side of people that act like that. Now I'm I'm sure there's sprinkled some conservative sprinkled in there that is just radically crazy. I mean, they're, they're just they're radical. But that's probably like 2% of conservatives. It's like 70, 80% of leftists and liberals that are radically crazy. <laughs> radically crazy. Okay, I can't say 2 to 80. I know somebody that messaged me personally, had no business messaging me personally, over something that was said on my Twitter account. Call me a pig, uh, you pig F word. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> First of all, I didn't even write the article. It was an article written by one of the people on my staff. And this is not looking good for you to text me something like this because you look like a complete nut. Anyway, losing a salvation just to perpetuate a theology that's all false. Trump is not a racist. Trump don't hate Mexicans. Trump is not a white supremacist. There's no dog whistles. January 6th was a farce. 
as we could tell. But they, they will lose the, their salvation over it. The day he steps into office, that shit's going to be hilarious, bro. Trump? Yeah. yeah. It's so funny, bro. It will be funny. That will actually be like probably, I don't know. They might set off five. I ain't going to lie. It's going to go down. They might. He's going to come after those who came after him. They already might, said that. They might have another virus when he, he gonna comes. He's going to come back. I got something for y'all last. He might. He might. He also said he could, though. He could. Yeah, that was that was him hinting. The seat going to get hot. Better things to worry about than Joe Biden. What you going to put him in the pit? What you going to get Joe Biden in, tr- in I'm talking about like oh, everybody that came at him. Oh, oh yeah. Like, People you know, were trying to indict him and this and Fanny that. And all FBI. Them, yeah, he's going to have something for them. Hey, y'all know there's another pandemic possibly finna happen. Oh, I did yeah, see that there was a new virus no, in China. No, there's a new virus in China that's spreading right now. I did hear it that. Not okay. spread, it better not spread over here. Well, we I need swear to God, bro, the internet is toxic. I cannot, I cannot trust what anybody says on the internet. But yeah, well, they no. said it last time and it happened, and we thought it was a joke. But like, how many times have we said? Have they said that? Like we about to go back in the corner? <laughs> yeah, the internet is annoying, bro. That well, was crazy. Well, situations like this because of the internet. Well, I think today. I, yeah, think I feel like anything is, is possible though, Which even with the internet, because the idea could be out there and people are pushing that idea. I don't think the that the world will shut down no matter what. Well, America won't. I will not believe that. Seeing how bad the economy is, I can't. I can't believe that. I feel like that. They would do it again off of feelings. Trump said that they we will not shut down the country because he they they already been talking about it coming back like it's gonna happen again. He said they will not shut down the country. They won't. If he's in office, I saw an ad for flu shots and a new COVID booster shot. Yeah, yeah, they got those. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm no. I'm, I'm on my eighth one. You serious? Mm-hmm. He joking, bro. He's oh, wait a <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, 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 guys. He's we already trolling. know some soft people on the internet with same old, same old shit, man. That's the problem. Today I, in society, people are just soft. That's awesome. I won't soft. be surprised if they shut this mug down again. Let's, uh, let's not even joke like that, brethren. I'm not joking, bro. We watching people change genders. I would be surprised. We watch people change genders. I'm not surprised for nothing. They're letting people they just walk. California down again. They just let in anybody come in the states right now. I won't be surprised if anything right Argentina now. Is mad, so those are all separate yeah, issues. Yeah, we should, we should honestly never say never because uh, they did it once. That does that just that clarified they didn't hit that bit yeah. again. Yeah, me, yeah, I don't fact. think that to they will. Me, that's fact. To me, if they did it once, they'll do it again. Yeah, never. So say would never. you be willing to bet hundred dollars they will do it in a year? That shit was bad though. Yeah. In 20 years? One year. One year? No, not one year. But I give me yeah. a five-year span when you put money on it. To keep it 100, that, bro, that shit was bad. <laughs> that shit was bad, though. They did probably have to shut that shit down. Everybody almost what? caught shit. Everybody almost caught COVID. Oh, bro, we blue. had the yellow virus, bro. We went bro, through so not, many pandemics that happened before that, and America never shut down. They had polo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had people going crippled. Polio. But we already polio. That's it, Polo. We had Rob Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> they had all type of what was it? The yellow fever boy. They had all type of. Yeah, well, our grandparents was, and yeah, they were straight. People lived through that. Yeah. Yeah. We we go. We, 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 we had a we had a president. There was a president that suffered from polio. What was that Theodore? What's up, guys? It's your boy, Benny. Are you a slave? It's a good question to ask. What are the signs that you might be a slave? If you can't speak freely, and what's the precursor to speaking freely? If you can't think freely, if you have to tighten your thoughts, and if you have to silence your mouth, and if you are punished for saying or doing true things, well, then you're a slave, and you don't actually live truly free. And true freedom is the desire of every human soul. And that is why it's important to have real conversations, maybe uncomfortable conversations, 
Maybe you're having conversations with people you're not allowed to talk to. And that's exactly what Tucker Carlson just did when he dropped the Alex Jones interview. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been looking forward to this one. Tucker Carlson went there with the man himself who needs no introduction. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones for the first time ever. This just melted the Internet. Stay free. Watch. We're here with the world's most dangerous man, the most censored man in the English language. But honestly, when you get him in front of an outhouse in the woods, he doesn't seem so dangerous. It's a fancy outhouse. (laughs) We have a ruling class in the United States defined by its hatreds, not its loves, not its hopes, but by its hatreds. They hate all kinds of people, large groups of people, the deplorables, the bitter clingers, America's entire blue collar population, the unfashionable people. They're hated by the people who run our country. But no one is hated more by them than a man called Alex Jones. Alex Jones is the single most censored man in all American history. He was the first media figure in our history to be completely erased in one day, deplatformed. Alex Jones was deplatformed before it was a common term. And not just deplatformed, sued, attacked. They attempted to criminally charge him. What did Alex Jones do wrong? Alex Jones didn't rape anybody. He didn't loot Macy's. He didn't burn a police station. He didn't invent a fake cryptocurrency and loot pension funds. He didn't start a pointless war that made this country poorer and more disorganized. He didn't open the southern border. No, Alex Jones had opinions that deeply rattled the people who run America. In fact, rattled a lot of us. And I'll just confess that I first heard of Alex Jones when he questioned the official story behind 9-11. And I, speaking for myself, was deeply offended by this. I didn't take any time to find out what he was saying, but I was bothered by the idea that this defining event in American history, which changed the life of everyone who lived here then, might not actually have unfolded as we were told it did. And that possibility was too destabilizing. And I remember feeling resentment toward Alex Jones for saying that. But several years later, I went up in Austin, Texas, and through a chain of circumstances, wound up meeting Alex Jones. And I learned what everyone who has met him now knows, which is Alex Jones is not a crazy person. Alex Jones has said pretty far out things on TV from time to time, but within the bounds of, say, cable news, pretty far out. But fundamentally, Alex Jones is right about a lot of things. And in fact, that's why they don't like him. Alex Jones has an uncanny, really an amazing ability to predict events before they happen. He has called it and he's done it on tape again and again to the point where it's a meme on the internet. Alex Jones, profit, not conspiracy nut, profit. But when you dig into Alex Jones's predictions, they are so spot on that it's remarkable. How does he do this? We're guessing there's a kind of spiritual sensitivity to Alex Jones, maybe that's his secret. He was displaying this years before the average person in this country even thought about matters like that. Now it's pretty obvious to most people that the, the current war going on in this country is taking place in ways you can't see it most of the time, but. Ten years ago, people were not thinking that way. Alex Jones was. And so we thought it'd be interesting to sit down and talk to Alex Jones, the man. You know, the people around the country have really succeeded in making you disreputable. And the whole point, of course, is people won't listen to you. So we thought it'd be interesting to start with a series of on-tape predictions that you made, some of which are so precise and so prescient that it makes the hair on my arms stand up, 
and I'm being sincere, and our viewers are about to, about to see what I'm talking about. Here is a list of things that you called ahead of time. By the middle of September that the new policy is being written, you will all have to wear masks again, and so will airport employees. It's happening. Mask mandates are officially back. We know the Joint Chiefs of Staff wanted to blow up airliners, Baltimore Sun, or if you let some terrorist group do it, like the World Trade Center, we know who to blame. And if there was an outside threat like a bin Laden, who was a known CIA asset in the 80s. This group and its leader, a person named Osama bin Laden. He's the boogeyman they need. We're looking at a giant war in February right now. I predict the Russians are going to roll in. They're already there. They're going to roll in. With attacks across Ukraine, which is the size of Texas. It really was the Iraqis. That's just because they're getting ready to invade Iraq. What a beautiful setup. Those 9-11 clips are crazy. I'm actually bothered by the precision of them. I'm not accusing you of being behind 9-11. But how could you, in July of 2001, call that? You said they're going to have airliners fly into the World Trade Center and they're going to blame a guy come all, some, called Osama bin Laden. Now, leaving aside what actually happened, how could you have known that? Well, in, in the longer clips, it's a multi-hour show from July 25th, 20, uh, 2001. Uh, I specifically walked through all the reasons and I knew that they were hyping up that we were about to be hit by Osama bin Laden. I knew that the World Trade Center had been attacked the first time and that the feds have been involved helping cook the bomb and allowing it to go forward. And I just saw a lot of the pre-programming uh, that was happening uh, in the media as they were on the news saying, you know, well, life's about to change in America. And I was reading what the Rand Corporation was saying and what the Pentagon was putting out. And I read the PNAC document uh, from a year before, Rebuilding America's Defenses, that Dick Cheney uh, had helped write. And it said, we need a Pearl Harbor event on the American homeland to be able to bring in this police state and, and, and this control and then expand the American empire worldwide. So hundreds of pieces of data, <coughs> hundreds of pieces of data went into that prediction. But terrorists are going to hit the World Trade Center in July of 2001. I lived in the United States then. That was the last thing on my mind. And I lived in Washington. I know the guys who wrote the PNAC document because I shared an office with them. So I, I was more informed than the average person. And that was the last thing that crossed my mind in the summer of 2001. Like everyone else, I thought it was a Cessna. But how convinced were you that, that this was going to happen? Uh, I was completely convinced. In fact, in, in the full clip of it's online, you can find it on Twitter and other places that has been removed. I explained to people that they need to call the White House and, and tell the White House, we know if you allow uh, these attacks uh, that uh, you're basically allowing it to happen. This is really draconian. This globalist Great Reset, New World Order Takeover is a post-industrial world, cut off the resources, 90% forced depopulation, breaking civilization by design, massive wars, famine. They've already cut off a third of the fertilizer in the last year worldwide. It's estimated that'll kill a couple hundred million people. Uh, the lockdowns worldwide, not the virus. The UN admits killed 80-something million extra people in the last three and a half years. And, 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 and so when the first world collapses, the third world dies. And then what's left of them floods us. And so the earth is being put into a countdown collapse right now. And so I'm like the fisherman when the tidal wave comes in and I'm like, oh my God, my wife and children are about to die. And, and, and so I'm not really worried about me because I'm a man. I did this. I knew it was coming. I've been proven right. And I'm not happy I was proven right. I wish we could have gotten ahead of this and stopped it. Yeah, we have a lot of credibility now that people see that we were right. So maybe we can stop the next phase of it. But the globalists have gone from testing phase beta test phase into full operational now. 
And they say, read their writings, we are going to have a post-industrial world by 2030. We will have no personal cars by 2030. You will be eating bugs by 2030. And we will start uh, the, the depopulation of 90% of the people by 2045. That is the official WF, official UN, official Club of Rome plan. What do you mean the depopulation? They want to bring the world population down to 500 million. But I thought we were opposed to genocide. No or no? I guess we're not. Well, you know, we're told now don't have children as fast as the earth. And we're told all this, and Elon Musk is right and is a hero for pointing out all the actuaries show, if you don't have 2.1 children, a man and a woman, people go, well, a man and a woman can have 2.1. It's just in the aggregate, folks, out of billions. If a country doesn't have 2.1, 2.2 replacement rate, then you don't have people to take care of the old folks, society collapses. And so uh, Japan's 1.3, Italy's 1.3, they're done as cultures. Uh, America, without immigrant influx, is uh, about 1.6. That's not, that's not viable. Uh, and so, and I'm not just talking about white people only here, but white people are 7% of the world population, maybe 8. Uh, and so I would be sad if the last of the Eskimos were dying. I, I mean, I'm sad that the Japanese, within 100 years, uh, there might be 20 million of them. I'm now saying we need to call the White House and say, you've let tens of thousands of military-aged men from the Middle East in. We know a lot of them are Hezbollah and, and Hamas. The FBI has confirmed that. And so when and if there's big terror attacks, which I believe will probably happen in America, we're not going to have Homeland Security get more funds and more power and grope us at the airports more. I want prison time for uh, the agencies and groups that have allowed this. And I, and I, want, I want oh Biden. I want Biden impeached now. Okay, that's why we got rid of McCarthy. It, it needs to happen. Leaving the border open when there is a clear and present danger of this going on, and when we're very close to war with Iran, we go to war with Iran. They're going to activate Hezbollah. Okay, and then that they, they make Hamas look like choir boys. And and, and so you want to hear a prediction here? It's a probability, not a pure prediction. But I mean, I, if we go to war with Iran, guaranteed sleeper cells activate. It'll make what happened in Israel look tame in comparison. I'm not lessening what happened there. So I, I'm simply, and, 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 and then again, where's the logic? The government that allows that to happen should go to prison. I agree. But instead, like 9-11, they're going to get more power when it happens. Mark my words. So, so you, you can't have guns because we let in foreign sleeper cells to kill you. Exactly. When you got deplatformed, and it, to this day, no one has ever been more aggressively censored, I don't think, than you. Um, I've apologized to you this in person before. I was in Labrador on a fishing trip and missed the entire thing. I was literally out of cell range. Um, I didn't know what happened, but I got back and I was sh and I read about it. I felt like it was a major moment in the history of the American media. I don't think anybody defended you when that happened. Anybody with any kind of audience. For me, when Tim Cook admitted that he met on the weekend in, in August of 2017 with the other big tech heads and they made the decision to curate like it's a museum and, and, and take me off. It was hundreds of platforms. I mean, it wasn't just all the big ones. It was everything from LinkedIn to our bank accounts being taken away, uh, to everything ensuing that week and over the next month. And I knew that I was a test case. And, and I wasn't taken uh, you know, off those platforms for any demonstrable reason. It was the uh, questioning the school shooting thing that came later. They went and kind of dredged that up from my past, just questioning it a few times, blew that up after I'd been deplatformed, and said I was deplatformed for that. But if you check the record, I wasn't. Uh, and, and, and so once they deplatformed me, it, it made the show in ways only get bigger with people actually going to InfoWars.com and finding me on local radio stations and things. So then they panicked and said, okay, let's look at his record and create more of a reason that he's being taken off. So 
So they took things out of context from five, six years before, blew them up as a current thing out of context, and deceptively reported on what I'd said to create a straw man argument to then facilitate the reason. What, what's was, so crazy is if you asked just a cross-section of Americans who's responsible for the Sandy Hook massacre of, of kids at the school, no one remembers the name of the murderer. Adam Lanza. Okay, thank you. I didn't remember. Alex Jones. They effectively blamed you for a school shooting that you were not present at. I have people come up to me in the parking lot. You can ask my security guy. He's been there when people walk up and go, why'd you kill those kids? And then you go, I didn't kill those kids. And they go, yeah, you did. And, and, and so that is what this has turned into. But, and this is bigger than me. I want people to understand something, that the mullahs in Iran and the Ayatollah are congratulating Hamas that just killed around 1,000 or more innocent Israelis, many of them women, children, disabled people, in a vicious, evil sneak attack. They are on there, Hezbollah and, and, and Hamas, mainly Hamas, but it's Hezbollah funding it out of Iran, are literally posting videos of them cutting people's heads off and killing children and, and massacring innocent people. They're allowed to have their Hezbollah accounts and their Hamas accounts. The Ayatollah is able to congratulate what these people have done, and I am still banned. And I'm not mad at Elon Musk. I understand I've been so demonized with the general public. He's barely able to you know, keep Twitter going right now. I really appreciate what he's done. I admire him. I think he's done a lot of great work. And I, and I see him moving in the right direction. So a lot of people attack Musk on Twitter. Uh, you know, I trend all the time. Hey, if you're, if you're such an absolutist on free speech, bring back Alex Jones. Uh, I understand that if he did that, the ADL and others would really be able to, to probably shut down Twitter. So, so I understand that he needs to you go through a process before he does that. So people get mad at Twitter for not... Why the ADL? I, I don't... I mean, I, I'm not the world's expert on your career, but I, I don't... I, I know you. I've never heard you say a single anti-Semitic thing and an anti-Israel thing. Why would the ADL be against you? I don't, I don't think you've... I don't think anyone's even called you an anti-Semite. Well... Unless I, I'm missing something. I mean, what goes on is the left forever called everybody a racist if you were just a conservative or pro-Second Amendment or pro-life or thought we ought to have a border. Uh, and that didn't work anymore to call people racist. And so the ADL gets all this big liberal donations. And so they go out and then police and take people's sponsors and, 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 and target them uh, just by the ADL calling up sponsors. Sponsors get scared and drop. So, but if you give up on that, you also sell bourbon. Man, you are really being nice here today, Tucker. And <laughs> well, know, you know why? You know, I, want, I, I hate selling products, but I like this product because I love the name. Look at this right here. This, my friends, is a, a gift to your crew because I know they drink. I had some drinks with them last night when we called Brian Stelter. But this, <laughs> some of the crew does drink. Yes, that's true. So, so this is for you. We've got a few other bottles for you uh, out there. Something I can't even open this thing. It was sealed. Maybe it got locked on the airplane. Anyways, can somebody open this? I'm like, here, embarrassing. No, hold on. I think the the center thing, I don't I don't travel with guns very often, so I don't know how to operate these. I'm going to smash this son of a bitch out. Watch yourself. Ah! Ah! There we go. Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, goddammit. Look at that. It doesn't come like this in stores. I'm going to kill the people that come up with this. Walk that into the studio. We're rolling. Don't kill me. All right, we're rolling. I don't know that plug should be that. Oh my God. I got a lot of points we can get to here.
Okay, that was amazing. This whiskey does not come with a hatchet to open it, um, or a blacklight. But if you does it come with a blacklight? No, but if you have one. But if you have a blacklight. By the way, I don't think I've ever sold a product on the air, but I'm proud to. Uh, we appreciate it. you supporting. Okay, us. come on, I'm totally all about it. Um, <laughs> what does that say? I'm gonna let you read that. It says uh, "thus the tyrants," meaning death to tyrants. Yeah, I, I recognize that phrase. I think it was uttered in Ford Theater. Thank Man, you, brother. Well, enough of that. I didn't mean to turn it to who's so, so I, I want to. I, the book is more important. But anyway, so the last topic I want to hit with you. I could go on for hours. We're trying to. We're trying to get the audience of the social media app to believe that you can have longer content because it was, you know, originally designed for very short, you know, brain droppings. But well, I think you've succeeded. The biggest English-speaking show ever. I mean, it's bigger than Jimmy Carson, bigger than Joe Rogan. Congratulations. Showing that freedom is successful. And well, thank popular. you. Well, we're grateful that it's a. No, it's, I'm grateful to you. you that we have that. free speech. But I, I. But anyway, but here's here's my question. So, all of the trends that you describe, I think very credibly, and I'm a little bit surprised. But despite that, he's got 60 percent against all other Republicans. He's 15, 20 points ahead of Biden. It's backfired. But the deep state's not going to stop. So what you said to Trump several times in that 400 million views, or whatever you got, biggest show ever. You know, you said to him. Well, isn't the next thing them trying to kill you? And he he he's so confident he doesn't want to think about that. And where well, he whereas, doesn't want to think about it. That's whereas right. I admire someone that's that comp, confident. You know, the deep state does kill people, and 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 that's their only next move because this is failing. And and I think they're going to kill Biden too. Or I think they're going to try to. What you said in a speech again before the last one I talked about like a month ago. You said, I don't see Biden and Trump. Being the candidates, you see the system, the media going after Biden, and he deserves it, but they were covering it up until now. Now they're covering the laptop. Now they're covering attack on the dog. Now they're covering, you know, all of his senility, all the corruption, the Chinese spies. Hacking a dog. What a pig he is. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I was told that by Secret Service and by uh, people that, let's just say, work with them. And I'm going to leave it at that. But I actually have a contact for you. I'd like to be able to hear it from them. But when this is over, I'll let you actually hear it from yourself. I think they'll tell you off record. I think they will want to talk to you. Uh, but, yeah, he, he, he is completely out of his mind. He wanders around for the entire two and a half years. It's getting worse. Naked in the White House. Uh, in the middle of the night, doesn't know who he is. They have to give him a bunch of drugs, yeah. a bunch of amphetamines in the morning. Then they've got to drug him uh, at night. Sometimes he's got to, though, he'll like be out for the morning for a while and then he comes back out at night for a ball. That's when there's a real problem. He is on drugs. I, I have established that. I know someone who witnessed it. I'm not guessing at this. I know someone personally who witnessed him uh, taking amphetamines. And this was this was during the 2016, uh, 20, 2020 election. So how's this going to go? That's huge. I know you don't play games. You've been proven no, I don't play games. This was a, well, I'll just say he's a makeup artist. Well, no, you, artist. you said Tell the NSA that. spying on me high level, and then a month later they went, yes, we're spying on Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I know. So so I, you don't make stuff up. And so what I'm saying here is Biden's a liability for him. Trump's a liability. What do they do? They have a right-winger, they'll claim, assassinate Biden, and they'll have a left-winger assassinate Trump. That then gets the country even in more of a fight against each other. And then they put in Gavin Newsom uh, and, you know, somebody like Mike Pence or who knows. But I really think the next 13 months is the most critical time, not just in American history, but world history. Because if they can bring down America, they're going to bring down the world. And then you've got the escalation. Remember a year ago, Biden said, you can't give F-16s and, and, and uh, Abrams tanks and cruise missiles to the Ukrainians. That's World War III. Now they're doing it. So as Russia wins that war, as Colonel McGregor documented a few months ago with you, 
NATO is escalating, well, that leads right to nuclear war. So we're so close. That fundamentally makes me so mad. This transcends politics. Since when do Democrats love war? Since when do Democrats love the intelligence agencies? They, they love them now. And, and so really the Democratic, so dark. just so like the dark. Republican Party is a beachhead for sanity and populism. It's not perfect, but it's a beachhead. The Democratic Party is totally turned over to evil. That's why I thought RFK Jr. was so refreshing, but they're shutting him out of the primary process. They're blocking him. And so now he's going to run third party, which will take away from Trump. Most experts agree. I know Trump's people have looked at it. They think so. Of course. Uh, so that's very, very sad. China looks in and sees this diverse culture, and they say, we're going to use that to split the country up and balkanize it. And that's what they've done. And, and so communist China, along with the Southern Property Law Center, and the ADL and all these groups see America's weakness, and they're literally coming in saying white people are inherently bad because of the color of their skin. They inherently have cheated people. They've hurt people. White people invented racism. None of that's true. It's really just tribalism. And then they organize all these other groups into race-based groups to then unify them under the Democratic Party to attack who is left that tends to be more conservative and that is some white people in this country. Though they're panicking because more and more blacks are voting Republican, more and more Hispanics are voting Republican. They're starting to figure this out. So now they're in panic mode to bring in totally disenfranchised third world populations who are refugees from the multi-year lockdowns in, in Africa, Latin America, and Asia and the Middle East. They then bring them to UN camps, brainwash them, then bring them to our border, brainwash them more, then send them into the United States, and then literally hold them for years at facilities while they're indoctrinated to be this new political underclass that's then going to be turned loose on America. And that's why you see Democrats giving illegal aliens the right to vote in their cities, giving them driver's license. That's why you see them passing laws. They can be police officers. So they are importing uh, a, a, a new enforcement class uh, against the American people, and they're setting it up along racial lines, not us. They're making it racial, just like Hitler uh, made what he did racial. So, so it, it's the left and the think tanks and the communist Chinese that look at the U.S. and have seen our weakness as race, and they are exacerbating it. That's why they tell people, hey, you can be homeless anywhere. You can crap on the street, needles, throw your garbage everywhere. D drug dealers can sell you drugs. Uh, we're going to give the homeless all this government funding. Liberal groups come in and farm and milk each homeless person and skim a big cut of the money off the top. It's, it's a crop, but then you, a, a cash crop. But then we see that and we think it's all over. There's nothing we can do to demoralize us and make us give up. And even though I'm conscious of this, even though I know this, it's still at a DNA level. I'm like, I got to go to the country. I got to get out of here. I've got to separate myself from this. But then when they release this toxic, cultural, poisonous gas, they push us out of those areas and they get the main infrastructure yes. to then organize that, cut off the food supplies to that group they have and then tell them, the reason you're doing bad is not BlackRock and the WF and Bill Gates. It's all those evil people on the countryside. They're all white supremacists and terrorists and racists. Let's go get them. Because the last group they don't control is rural people that are self-sufficient. And so I get going to the countryside, protecting your children. Uh, that, I mean, that's the holy grail. The problem is you've got to have one foot in each. You've got to go back and fight in the city for the infrastructure, for the government. You've got to give people hope while also building a backup operation with farming and, and ranching and self-sufficiency. So that's why the WEF and the UN are coming in in, in, in Ireland and in 
areas of Asia and in the Netherlands and saying, by 2030, 80% of your cows have got to be dead. And they just banned like 30% this year in the Netherlands. And it didn't matter people were 80% against it in polls. It didn't matter. Uh, they sent the military in against the peaceful farmers that were just protesting, just like the peaceful truckers in Canada got brutally attacked. And so they're all WEF globalist alumni that the big banks on record brag. They've penetrated the cabinets, to, to quote Klaus Schwab. They put their operatives in to cut off our energy, demoralize us, release the hardened criminals, put the political activists in prison, uh, continue to cut off the resources to make an angrier world. Klaus Schwab says, we're going to make the world collapse. We're going to have everybody turn against each other. We're going to blame the political classes that we own and control. And then when we're done, we'll bring in our new solution. But first, they have to demolish the cultures and societies that we had before with the fentanyl, with the open borders, with the demoralization, and then they bring in their next phase, which is a high-tech cashless society, robot drone-controlled nightmare. Uh, more than half of the U.S. in their official U.N. maps that they've had for more than 25 years, they're in some of my first films, show half the U.S. off-limits to humans. Uh, all cars will have to have GPS. Everybody, by law, will have to have a cell phone at all times. Australia just did this last year. You tried to push it through. And that's the admitted global UN standardized plan where you don't leave your house without a cell phone. Every car uh, is, is uh, robot kill switch, GPS controlled. California is moving to ban all the quote classic cars. That's any car that doesn't have a digital uh, ignition. And they admit it's for control. So if people think things are bad now, the straitjacket, the ball and chain is going on. It's all being militarily run. Our military is great men and women, but at the top, our military has been globalist trained New World Order people for at least 30, 40 years. They've got almost every general, every person under their control. One of the um, things I, I find so striking about you, having watched you on and off over the years, and this must be a burden for you personally, but your ability to see people at a deeper level or to see things in them that are not obvious to the rest of us. And I want to give a specific example. So there's a guy called Brian Stelter who had a, the media show on CNN. I first met Brian Stelter when he was a high school student or a first year college student because he would hang around the show I worked on at the time at CNN. This was 20 years ago at least. And I always thought he was awkward and weird and probably had a super creepy personal life, but I, I never took him seriously. There's a pretty famous clip, and I want to play it right now, of you critiquing Brian Stelter, and you take him way more seriously than I ever did, and I think you're right to. So this is pretty famous clip of you on Brian Stelter. Hell on earth. He wants to run your life. He wants to control every aspect of your life because he knows he is a cowardly, degenerate sack of anti-human trash. I pledge before my heavenly Father that I, 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 I that I will resist them every way I can. These people are the literal demon spawn of the pit of hell. Look at him, and you know what? He is better than you if you keep letting him run your life. He runs your kids. He runs the schools. He runs the banks. This guy, this spirit, this smiling, leering devil that thinks you can't see what he is. He is your enemy. Period. All the narcissistic devil-worshipping filth. <sighs> I see you, enemy. I see you, enemy. Enemy! Enemy! You are my enemy! And I swear total resistance to you with everything I've got. 
disingenuous, fake, false, broke back, twisted, a defiler, a betrayer, a backstabber, a devil. You don't think I don't see you, Stelter? I see you. You understand me? I know what you think of me and my family. I see you right back. You understand that? You understand that, Stelter? <laughs> I've only watched that several hundred times. Um, and I laugh every time, but I also, there's something to, if Brian Stelter had absolute power, would you and your family survive? Of course not. You wouldn't. You'd be, of course not. And neither would mine. So there's a lot that's true about what you said. How did you perceive that? The rest of us just made fun of him. Now, once they started the censorship and the platforming, remember back then they would deny it. Oh yeah, we're taking people off air, but it's not censorship. Now they admit, no, it's censorship. We're doing this for your own good. So he was really the face of that. And he was working for the head of CNN that was really in charge of it. It later came out. Uh, CNN currently is not in charge. They've handed it completely over to the Justice Department to quarterback as Congress reported a few months ago with the documents. But at the time, Brian Stelter and his mini-me, uh, Oliver Darcy, his were going around calling up and harassing my sponsors, taking sponsors away. Uh, and they were going around and, and organizing big tech uh, to, to take uh, not just myself, but many other people offline. And so he was destroying our free speech. He was taking our sponsors. But it's crazy. I just want to restate. You are not promoting race hatred. You're against race hatred. You never have promoted that, ever. You're not promoting violence. You've never called for violence. And you've never even called for breaking the law. And so that's why there's so much anger there, because I remember the day I did that and a few other clips that went viral. I showed all the stuff he was doing, but then the, the media attacked me and just click, clicked it out of context. But still it reverberated with people because people were sick of the corporate legacy media. So people say, well, why is he so angry? Well, it's because he's literally trying to take us off air, literally taking our sponsors. I mean, the equivalent of the Vikings a thousand years ago in England pulling up and burning a village down. And, and so there he is all sweet and liberal and cackling and laughing, but he's really an agent of anti-American totalitarianism. And so he was the front man of that. And I wanted to just simply say, well, you're right. I see you, I know what you're doing. So people see out of context and think, why are you being so mean to him? Well, I mean, he's literally trying to destroy my free speech, take me off air, and, and put my family on the street. So I'm pissed off at him. What's interesting is, and I, I mean, I don't know if you want me to reveal this, but we had dinner in our barn last night, and there were some drinks. And uh, after dinner, you and my producer called Stelter on the phone. And what was so, and, and it was on speaker, so I listened to it. What was so interesting was, you know, you've been very clear in a very direct, pretty masculine way, I would say, about how you feel about Brian Stelter. There's not a lot of confusion about your views on Stelter after clips like that, which doubtless he's seen because he Googles himself compulsively. He was very kind of syrupy sweet with you. And that's why I was sarcastic and told him I want to date him. You did, yeah. In fact, the exact line that you had was, Brian, I'm not usually gay, but I want you. And he seemed a little bit, I don't know, things open to it or whatever, but he wasn't shocked by and it. And he's like, give me your phone number. Give me, I want to talk to you. Yeah. And then he hit your producer up. Please give me his number right now. Let's yeah, that talk. was interesting. But, but I was being silly with him. But, but there was also a line. He goes, oh, Alex Jones. I, I, I said, I want you to come on my show. And he said, oh, you still got a show? And I went, no, you're the one that doesn't have a show. <laughs> Sorry, I said it's so, the other line. It's so boorish to like recount conversations people weren't witnessing. It was funny, though. But... You said, you know, you, you, you know you're, you're off TV now, but you were a real star. I mean, not on CNN, but on my show. <laughs> so, so good. Anyway, but what was interesting was if someone had talked about you that way and then called you late night after a couple of drinks, 
you'd say, you know, up yours, pal. You know what I mean? Like, buzz off, or I'm not taking your call. But he kind of sucked up to you. That's a very weird, passive-aggressive posture. And then he brags that him and Dar- I was taken off Twitter, not for the Sandy Hook stuff that came later that they focused on. Look it up. Uh, they had uh, the former head of Twitter and the, and, and the lawyer on Joe Rogan about four years ago. And Joe said, why did you ban Alex Jones? The lawyer goes, okay, let me open my, my clipboard. She goes, here's why. He was mean to Oliver Darcy. So I'm at the Capitol. They're having censorship hearings. Sundar Pichai is there. I just confronted him in the hall. Who runs Google. And you guys are welcome to use that if you want. And then that was at the Senate. So now they were going over to a House meeting, and there's Oliver Darcy in the line. He gets to get in. I don't even get into a hearing where they then attacked me. They attacked me at the last hearing, but I don't get to face my accuser. And so I get in his face. I don't threaten him, but I say, you are an evil man. You're un-American, coming after my free speech, harassing my sponsors, trying to get me off the Internet. And the last place I was on was Twitter. They'd held out. Uh, and so uh, Jack Dorsey had held out. And so Jack Dorsey admitted, well, the last straw was I bullied Oliver Darcy. And so that's why I was deplatformed. Elon Musk thinks it was the Sandy Hook thing. Uh, and, and notice- Do you know that in most cultures, bullying Oliver Darcy would be like a rite of passage. Like you couldn't. Like, that would be a positive good, right? Well, here's the thing. He's literally on Twitter taking my sponsors, calling for me to be silenced. So he's been attacking me, attacking my speech and my, my, and my living. And then all I do is shove a camera in his face while he's waiting to go into the hearing for five minutes and say, man, you are un-American. You, you, you got some evil eyes. And I said, you really look like a piece of slime. I mean, I told him that. And, well, fair, fair. And, and so... The point is, he's a man, he's a, quote, journalist in the arena, he goes around harassing people and stalking them uh, financially and, and, and their free speech. He'd, he'd already bragged that he'd gotten me taken off all this other stuff, and that he was instrumental, which he was, and then he can't take me saying, man, you're a jerk. They're going to destroy the planet. I believe that. Last question, where will you be in five years? Are you going to stay in this country? Can you stay in this country? I mean, speaking of escalation, uh, again, I, I still never figured out what your crime is, but you have been persecuted for something um, in, in, in a, an escalating way. I got two subpoenas last week. Subpoenas? I got subpoenas uh, on January 6th, again, on a criminal investigation. Well, you didn't do anything on January 6th. And I got subpoenaed in Trump's criminal trial in Georgia. On what? Gra- on what? And then my lawyer called and said, what is this? And uh, the, uh, they said, well, we don't just want him as a witness. He's a subject. I had nothing to do with Georgia. I'm not saying it's bad they went and challenged it. That's their right. I mean, I went and protested there. So it's just pure intimidation. So I have a problem. It's that I don't like to cut and run. I'm not the toughest guy around, but growing up in Dallas was some pretty rough people. Some big guy started to fight with me. I just couldn't back off. Uh, and I almost always won those fights or, or, or you know, went to the hospital trying. And so I decided to go down on the ship. Uh, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to leave the country. Uh, I'm not going to back down, and I'm going to continue to fight with everything I've got. I'll never sell out. I'll never give in. I couldn't give out. That's why support's critical and word of mouth, because Alex Jones is seen as a focal point, like capture the flag by the globalists. If they can shut me down, they believe they can shut anybody down. They've said that. And so it's human intelligence and human action and word of mouth. Talking about Infowars.com, my show, what I do, is a test case, almost like Stalingrad in World War II where all these forces of the globalists keep thinking, we beat this guy at this city, at this point, at this battle, we win. And so I don't think I'm even that important. I've just been chosen as this main battle point. So all these grassroots people and people like you and other great folks are supporting me through just supporting the First Amendment. And, and, you know, and, and so I've got that backing. 
and that enrages the globalists. So the more they throw against me, the more support I get, and it's really become a historic battle. If I'm completely banned and debanked and shut down and can't operate, uh, only then would I try to evacuate somewhere to try to keep my show on the air. But I've looked at it, and I don't even think that that's the case. You know, once they disrupt and shut down something, um, it's, it, it's very hard to restart it. The good news is there are so many other great talk show hosts, so many other great people that now understand this and even have perspectives better than mine. That I'm not obsolete yet, but thanks to you and thanks to Russell Brand, they're trying to now set up, and you know Joe Rogan's come a long way, and Steve Bannon, and countless other shows that I tune into that have high-level understanding and teach me a lot, and I'm and my head's in the game. So you're our champion, Tucker, and and, and there are other people, you know, uh, lesser. I know you. I know you don't want to be the top dog, but you are. That's why you're under attack. Thanks to you, I know no matter what happens to me, men and women are going to continue the fight forward into the future. But this is an Alamo situation. I'm not evacuating. I'm not leaving. I'm not going. How'd they do at the Alamo? Do you remember? Everybody got killed. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, 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 but that example led to a big, big yeah, you know, my mom's family uh, raised Colonel Travis's son. And, and on my dad's side, too, they were heavily involved. First, Texas families. We had, like, Mexican land grants for our property. We still have Mexican land. We paid for 12 cents an acre, like 1825. Uh, in East Texas, you know, some business. So it's not as cool as your place, but it's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, the last letter he wrote on that piece of wallpaper was uh, to one of my great, 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 great grandfathers in Gonzales, Texas, saying, please take care of my little boy. Uh, and so, uh, but Travis knew he was going to die. But he was like, I, I got 10,000 troops coming in on our 200 and something. We're going to give them one hell of a fight and kill a bunch of them before they can get up north for the main battle. And they killed thousands, you know, 3,000 was estimated uh, go from memory. Uh, Mexican troops. And so I, that's just, that'd be an honor to have like 10,000 troops coming at me and I'm in the Alamo. I, I don't have a death wish, but man, it gets me high as a kite. And, and, and so I'm not doing what Colonel Travis did. The only reason they got beat is they ran out of ammo, basically. They had powder, but no more no more ball. And they were fighting with swords again. So those are tough men. And I don't even measure up to them, but I want to try to measure up. And so it's very exciting. It's, it, it's instinctive. It's spiritual to be defending humanity and prosperity and freedom and justice against these globalist child trafficking monsters, the open border, all this evil. I mean, so my, my cells tell me to do this. My guts, my sinews say, you're ordered to do this. And I don't feel good unless I do it. And so the bigger the attacks get, it's the old World War II saying, when the planes were over the target, they didn't really have radar, but they knew the bases and the factories had flak. So they're shooting at them with artillery anti-aircraft artillery, so you flew into that. And so me, the best place I want to be is in the flak, but I also hate the flak because we can blow up and we're not in the fight anymore. So there's that paradox, but 90% of me wants to be in the flak. 10% says, maybe you should steer a little around it because you don't want to get knocked out. And, and until just a few years ago, I felt really bad because it didn't seem the paradigm had been shattered and people didn't actually read the globalist documents. Now there's been a paradigm shattering and I'm almost obsolete, Tucker. And as soon as that happens, as soon as I see another couple hundred more prominent people that actually know what's going on, we've already reached a chain reaction point, I'm going to hang it up and disappear like Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Alex Jones. Thank you. Thank you. What a great conversation. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your courage, Tucker. Thank you. Love your crew. Great energy. Thank you. Americana, Thank you. baby. Alex Jones. Don't hear people say the news is full of All right. Hello again, everyone. So uh, we're back after that Tucker and Alex Jones interview, and uh, we have Chemo with us here, our usual Thursday co-host. Welcome in, sir. 
Hello, hello, hello. All right, so what's the latest with you, sir? Give me a moment to collect my thoughts. And uh, it's been the last two weeks of holiday hell, and it wasn't even my doing. Do you want to hear the fiasco that has been the last couple weeks? Here we go. Thursday night. Okay, first off, to start off, I've been seeing somebody who is a really nice person. She's a really cute girl. Um, this Thanksgiving, we she decided that, you know, maybe I should meet her parents finally because they were doing – technically, they don't do Thanksgiving. They call it a holiday feast, and they don't believe in turkeys. They believe in ham. Which is fine because when we we were eating Thursday night for Thanksgiving, we had turkey. So I was like, cool. I go from turkey to ham. That's really great. So um, she went with the rest of our family Thursday night. We had an excellent Thanksgiving. Everybody was laughing and having a great time. And um, once we ended, uh, like, excuse me, to a shortness of breath, I'll explain that in a moment. Um, she went to, uh, she was like, well, I got to go to my mom's to help, uh, to help get ready for tomorrow night. And, you know, so we, so I was like, fine, whatever, you know, she dropped me off at the house. She went to go see her mom, a friend of ours, a friend of mine, and was like, um, you know, Hey, I said, goof. You know, let's check out Black Friday at Walmart to see how bad it is. Because, you know, Walmart, you know, China Mart does their thing on Thursday night instead of Black Friday Friday. So we decided to go. We were walking through, and there were, you know, crowds of people. You know, there were all kinds of displays and stuff where, you know, like, you know, huge boxes of DVDs for, like, five, anywhere from 5 to $7 and, you know, all kinds of bizarre stuff. So we decided to walk through, and I was like, all right, we'll see if anything catches our eye and whatever and what have you. And we decided to go where they have the giant boxes of DVDs. Now, mind you, they don't have them set up, like, in categories or anything, it's like they dumped boxes of, of, of different DVDs in all the different boxes, and it was a free-for-all. So we started looking at DVDs, and there were other people that were, you know, crowded around the big boxes, and they were, you know, everybody was being in a real joyful spirit, everything, because, you know, Thanksgiving was over, everybody was fat and happy. And, you know, I was like, hey, you know, let's check out movies while we're at Walmart and stuff. So, you know, like a good 20 people were there. There was a group of people that were, uh, I would say she was in her 20s, maybe in her 30s. She looked like she was in her 20s with a gentleman, well, the only thing I can say about her, honestly, was I think at least her t- the only good thing I could say about her at this point was at least what her tattoos were spelled correctly. Um, 
and you're assuming she didn't have any genitalia. Oh, no. <laughs> so she was there with another guy who had to be like, you know, very close to either late 50s, early 60s. And then she had her eight-year-old son. Now, the eight-year-old couldn't see, you know, because of the height of the boxes that everybody was digging through for DVDs. The eight-year-old son could not see any of the DVDs because he was too short. Okay. So instead of his mom or his, you know, grandfather or whatever it was, as far as I knew at the time, you know, like propping them up on his shoulders and letting him look and whatever. No, the mom decides to let him crawl in the boxes. Oh. And he's sitting in the box, sitting in, you know, hopping from box to box and stuff, throwing DVDs like if it was a DVD he wasn't interested in, he just kind of threw it on the ground. Oh, People were getting right. a little unnerved with this. Oh, yeah, there was trailer park from hell. So people were getting a little unnerved with it. We were getting it a little unnerved as well. We were like, well, you know, maybe we can come back tomorrow and pick through the rest of the DVDs and see what, you know, everybody didn't grab. And at that point, another group of people that were, you know, a little unnerved by it, but it was not letting it bother them. She grabbed a movie. All of a sudden, the little kid saw the movie, and I can't remember what the movie was. All of a sudden, the little kid races, like running through the boxes, dives over, grabs the DVD from the the other lady, and goes, mine. Hmm. Oh, her husband grabbed the DVD, told him, I don't think so, you little brat. Well, the mom heard this. My son's an angel. What do you mean calling him a little brat? It's like, well, all of a sudden he went off about, well, first off, your kid's running through the boxes. It's like, you know, nobody's doing that. He's throwing DVDs. He's making a mess and everything. It's like, you know, he, quite frankly, he's a little pain in the ass. Then the, the, the old man starts yelling at the guy. The woman starts yelling at the old guy who at this return, I guess his daughter, started yelling at the old woman. The little kid is running, is still throwing DVDs and screaming at people. That's when the security guard showed up. At that point, we stepped away from the boxes and we went, okay, if we have popcorn, let's, let's see what's going on. <laughs> security guards are trying to clear out everything. First off, the one of the security guards grabbed the little kid, grabbed him out of the boxes, and sat him on the ground. And told him, you are not supposed to be in there. To which the woman started pushing and yelling at the security guard about not touching her kid. You know, that was wrong. You know, how dare he. 
and she started going, he started, the security guard started telling her, you know, this is not how to act in public. You know, if you don't like it, you can leave. The old man starts yelling at the security guard. They pretty much left the husband and wife alone. All of a sudden, they're yelling at the security guards. And the other couple were just casually, quietly waiting to explain to the security guards what happened. But meanwhile, they were dealing with them, and they were dealing with – it's like uh, when a drunk, a drunk person doesn't believe they're drunk, and they fail the field sobriety test, and they argue it for 30 minutes before they get handcuffed. That's about what it was. At that point, security guards were telling him, look, I'm sure, you know, just trying to, one of them is trying to, or some, one of the employees, mind you, were trying to calm one of the kid down and telling him, look, I'm sure he can find another DVD somewhere in the box. And she's, he started yelling at her, excuse my language, but he starts yelling at her, F off, bitch. Mm-hmm. So she got fed up with it and she left. She was that security, you deal with it, and she took off. At that point, the security guard was telling the other people, okay, you need to leave the store. To which the the old man pushes one of the security guards. The old security guard pushes one of the old man. He starts, the other one starts getting in their face about you guys have to leave. Then the eight-year-old kid from a display that was near the DVDs during the toy section, grabbed a wiffle ball bat Mm. and screamed, I'm a gay black woman and you need to give me my reparations. And he hit hit him with the wiffle ball bat in the nuts. I kid you not. Security guard hit the ground and he started puking. Wow. And obviously, it was a clean shot. At that point, we started to leave just as the police showed up. At that point, it was like, yeah, we don't need to be here. We're casually not witnessing this. We're getting out of the way. So we left, came back to the house. You know, over the last few minutes, my buddy took off. I went to go sleep, wake up the next morning, do the usual process. The girl I was dating, she was like, all right, we're picking you up at 1 o'clock. Fine. I was like, Good. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to see how her other family, you know, how her family is and be introduced to them. And <laughs> So we get to her parents' house, get the wheelchair out, start heading toward the front door, and the guy looked familiar. Hmm. Then I saw the eight-year-old kid. It just so happened that the woman who was yelling at the security guard was her sister, her dad was the one that, that threw punches at the security guard, and the eight-year-old kid who was the one that swung the wiffle ball bat at the security guard's nuts. How did that for odd karma? Yeah, so what happened? Well, 
I introduced myself, you know, she introduced me to them and they're they're they've almost had a pretty much bah humbug attitude that um the more he explained that that he they didn't recognize me for some strange reason, thank God. But um her dad was the more and more he got mad about how unjustly treated he was at China Mart, the more he was drinking. Oh. By the time dinner was ready, her dad was like three sheets to the wind. Uh, her sister was off somewhere, and the little kid had a different wiffle ball bat and was using little green army men like golf balls and hitting them with a wiffle ball bat down the hallway. The kid tries, the, the mom, his mom at that point, when dinner was all ready, his mom is tr- and his grandmother, his grandmother was a really nice person, by the way. The, the, the woman, the matriarch of the house was absolutely great. Her dad's drunk. Her sister is probably higher than a kite. I did, she didn't want to eat. I think it was meth, but I'm not sure. So everybody's starting to gather around the table. Um, they start to gather the eight-year-old. Come on, time for dinner. I don't want to eat. Well, it's time for us to eat. I don't want to eat. Uh, tells his grandmother to F off. Oh. His grandmother yells at his at my girlfriend's sister, their daughter, that you know I don't see why he treat you know it's like you need to be more you know you need to have him be more respectful to his elders and and starts yelling at them. Then his sister starts yelling at the mom. Then the dad starts yelling at the sister. They're all fighting. All of a sudden, my girlfriend, well, now my ex-girlfriend after this. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to deal with that crazy family. But the whole four of them are fighting, to which, once again, the little eight-year-old goes, respect my mom, and tags him with a wiffle ball bat once again, right in the jump. So... The dad's book, the grandfather or the dad at this point is buckled over on the ground, yelling because, you know, obviously it was another clean shot. Something about that kid with a wiffle ball bat in the nuts, man. I mean, if he could get a yeah, touch straight, he could be a great like. baseball player. You know, I swear he could be a great baseball player if, you know, he could focus on that. At that point, her dad's yelling all of a sudden. He goes, that's it. I'm blowing the house up. Everybody sprints out. Literally, he was like one of those, I have had enough. I am getting rid of this family. I am blowing you all up. Everybody ran out the front door. Except for me. I was stuck at the dinner table looking at the front door as they're all racing out, realizing 
there's two steps that go out the door. They helped me get into the, to the house. I am stuck here. All of a sudden, her dad gets up. He's yelling and screaming, you know, more profanities than ever about how worthless his family is and the whole nine yards. He looks at me and he goes, what are you doing here? And I go, sir, there's stairs. I'm trapped. All of a sudden, it clicked at him, and he's like, oh, God, I am so sorry. He helped me get out of the stairs. And he goes, you have a nice evening. I slammed the door. (laughs) At that point, everybody scattered uh, um, my ex-girlfriend, so to speak. She was like, "Uh, where do you? It's like, no, take me home now. I don't want to try to do anything else. Just I want to go home. So she drove me home. I didn't say a word. Um, she called me the day after, and she was like, well, my parents are going to try again for Christmas. Are you coming? I said, no, and hung up the phone. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So at that point, at first I started feeling a little under the weather because due to the weather and the cold out here, you know, in the mountains, it's that time of year where I start not feeling too swift. So I thought not much of it. Ready to do the show last week. There's only literally for the entire area of people that are around us, there are literally little, this, there's literally like one cell phone tower. And some drunken moron decided to take out the cell phone tower. That was why I couldn't call it. It took until 4 o'clock in the morning for them to get a cell service. So then... I start feeling sick. I'm not, you know, doing it. Uh, all of a sudden, it felt like bronchitis. Where it was literally like a 300-pound person was sitting on my chest. I could barely breathe. I was mucusy. I was headachy. I mean, I was feeling horrible. I figured, well, I've had bronchitis before. It almost felt like bronchitis. And I went to the doctors, and the doctor went, well, you have an infection that we can't figure out. Well, it just so happens that one of my neighbors, um, because I live in like, uh, it's, oh, it's a really nice place, but it's like a triplex, so to speak. I find out that my neighbor the night before went to the hospital because she was having breathing problems. And then one of my, my other neighbor, I had asked him, after we tried to figure out what was going on, he was like, yeah, I've been headachy and have been having a hard time breathing. Well, comes to find out we share a central furnace where it does sections on, you know, the, the different parts of the building and stuff for heat. And they come to find out that there were 12 mice nests in the vents in the house. So all the mice nests and all the rat, all the mice poop was getting everybody sick because 
all of a sudden we had to turn on the heaters because it finally started getting cold out here. So uh, my landlord, who is actually a really great person, decided to, uh, um, she literally like came out with a shop vac and she was cleaning everything trying to get all the duct work done. She's spraying Lysol and everything. She got new filters for the system. And so, but at that point, it's like, that's why I'm breathing a little heavier. So forgive me. Now, the reason why I'm an hour late is the finale to the other part of this. I was waiting to do the shows. Like I was getting ready actually for, you know, an early dinner before I was going to do the show with you. And I heard a knock at the door. So I rolled over, opened the door, and it was the sheriff's department. And he goes, are you chemo? I go, yes, I am. And he goes, would you come with us, please? We have questions. It's like, all right, what questions? Well, it would be easier if we talked at the station. Well, the station at the sheriff's department literally is like 12 miles away. So I got in the car, went the whole 12 miles, waited for another hour and a half or an hour roughly before the detective was even ready for me and started asking me about my ex-girlfriend's family, oh. how I knew them, what the hell happened at the house. Um, and then they started asking questions about the little kid, and it's like, well, the little kid's a little bastard, but, you know, you know, I explained to them the whole Walmart debacle, and then the whole thing, the, the, the post-Friday Thanksgiving dinner, the holiday dinner, so to speak. Turns out the eight-year-old kid, in the long run, was arrested for domestic violence. <laughs> Uh, the father was arrested for drunk and disorderly, and the his my ex girlfriend's sister started harassing the police, and she ended up on a drug possession for having an eight ball of meth in her purse. And they asked me how exactly I knew the family and stuff. And I'm trying to tell them. I had just barely met them. I have no clue what these people are like. And the officer apologized. He's like, you know, the detective is like, I'm sorry I have to run you through this, but, you know, you were there. You know, we need some form of a witness statement other than other the rest of them trying to snitch on each other. At the time when I texted you, that was like, I was almost ready to get out of the police department. Okay. I so understand. I got a, so by the time I got out of the police department, I had barely enough time to try to grab something to munch on, try to breathe, um, and then come onto the radio show. But hi, it's been a couple weeks. How are you, Proof? <laughs> uh, well, we also have Pianchi waiting. He's been on hold for a while, so I, I was going to grab him at some point soon here. Oh, go ahead. Just say hi to Bianchi. You know, give me a chance to catch my breath a little bit because 
they said, well, long ways, I'm still under the weather from the rat poop in the vents. Yeah. Well, I need, I need a little time to catch my breath, too, because I was listening to you tell the story about some incidents, the two of them, and I was carefully listening when you talked about the first time with the woofle ball back, and all of a sudden I felt this terrible throbbing pain in my sacrum. I'm sitting here in the chair. I stretched out and slid on the floor. I swear, every well, doctor saw worked. that when you Yes, you were so detailed in it. You were so detailed in it. Too detailed, really. So by the time I get back up in the chair and work my way to some sort of sensibility, lo and behold, you tell another story about an individual getting hit in the balls. And once again, I feel this terrible, horrible pain in my sacrum. <laughs> it caused me to fall out on the floor again. So now I'm here after working my way back up in the chair. I ask you, please give me forewarning. So I can turn the audio off because I could not stand one more of those. No, no, I'm good at the moment. <laughs> it was painful for us to actually watch it when the first the first incident actually happened. Because just said there were a whole lot of people, at least like 30 to 50 people were standing in the electronics and toy department. And they were watching the fiasco when the little kid took the left wall bat and tagged him. Oh my and goodness, every, man! Almost every guy, as soon as he, as soon as he got hit, every guy winced and went, "Oh." Right. That's point. enough. For, that's a call for early retirement with full pay. I yeah. tell you. That that's a Walmart security guard that needs to be paid bonuses extra. Yes, he should. I mean, he got hazard pay from. He got hazard pain from an eight-year-old. He couldn't kick his ass. <laughs> yeah, that's, get, for a kid to well off and do something like that to you, just unbecoming, man. That's beyond the call of duty. Because I don't care if I was that security guard, I would have grabbed that little kid by the shirt, ripped that wiffle ball bat out of his hand bent him over my knees and persisted to use that wiffle ball bat to beat his ass. That would be the least thing that he needs after pulling those two stunts off. My goodness. But, you know, that's the way it is. But proof, I was just going to tell you, I was listening to uh, the night at a COS meeting, this convention of states, we had a, a gentleman come in and speak very eloquently on election ballots and once again getting better into detail exactly how this stuff works and what's not going on and how the left who represents the world WEF World Economic Forum through one persuasion or other NAS organization NAS National Association of Secretary of State well, all this is ripping us off terribly when it comes down to the election. And the emphasis should be on, once again, paper ballots. Paper ballots that's cast 
the paper ballots that's marked and cast and counted there on the spot of casting, and the reports is being witnessed by several and turned in. But did you know that in many states, and they're talking about Louisiana in particular, that when the courts sent out call for jury notices, that a large proportion of those call for jury notices come back address unknown. Now, I ask you this. I honestly ask you this. These come back to the register, and the register turns them over to the Secretary of State. Now, when the Secretary of State gets a preponderance number of return called the jury address unknown, what are they supposed to do at that point in time? Well, they were supposed to follow up on it because these same people, these same addresses are getting mail-in ballots of such sort. And nobody's even staying at the place. So what's happening to these ballots? Well, it's just one more avenue toward corruption in the voting. Your opinion? Well, yeah, because if they get the ballots back, then they could just put whoever they want on it and send it in. But they have to show it was mailed. And that's exactly what's going on in every damn state. They're not doing their jobs. And even in states, some states' constitutions, even though it's a constitutional mandate, they still aren't doing their job. And that's how these Democrats and probably some Republicans too, because they have an opportunity to push these things forward as spelled out in the state constitution in red states, and they're not doing it. It's a deliberate slap in the face to Americans voters who should be obligated to a fair and transparent and due diligent election and the casting of votes. You need to get rid and you will be surprised of the ties that Dominion had, still do, along with some other characters, shady characters whose names we have heard. And this stuff is still going on. Now I must say as they reported, it seemed like it's starting to get a little bit better. And there's going to be a case in Georgia, in the Georgia judicial system, or a bench trial that's going to be had to hear some of these complaints, January the 4th, I believe it is, 2024. And I'm interested to see how that case turns out. So these electronic gizmos, like I heard Michelle Obama, who is favorably called Michael, she was doing a PSO, a public service announcement, asking people to get out and vote, asking them to champion for early voting, asking them to champion for mail-in ballots, asking them to champion register online. All three of them is a contingent for corruption in the election system. And nobody says nothing to put her in check. See, in 2020, actually in 2021, after the election that, you know, by, you know, that, you know, Biden won, I can't, it's hard to say that. It's like, you know, that Biden won. Yeah, he won, but, you know, we all know how. 
um, voting records were changed in the state of Nevada. And another host of a different show, dare we say, Stephen Crowder, mm-hmm. went to Clark County, Nevada, you know, Las Vegas. And they were just trying to find out, you know, like registered voters that have been registered Republican that voted Democrat for Biden. So they were going to ask, you know, well, why did you vote for Biden instead of Trump being the Republican and stuff? You know, they had a whole thing that they were going to go through the registration for. They started finding addresses that literally it was like, hey, such and such was living at this and that address. And they went to the address and it was an empty lot. Or oh, yeah, there, there's office. some that could have 200 people registered at an empty lot. Yes. So, yeah, I can see where, you know, you know, they, they've proven the election, you know, the election fraud that's been going on. But once again, the FBI doesn't want to hear it. They don't want it, you know. However, you know, Trump, Trump, you know, Trump's not even in trouble yet. They claim that he is because, you know, they've got all these. You know, the claims about his his shady dealings and everything else, and hell, even the bank loved him, so. It's basically, convict as I say, not as I do. I heard that they estimate that in the state of Louisiana, that the number of illegal and unqualified voters that number is as few as 200,000 and as many as 600,000. That there should be cause for alarm. And we know the attempts that's out there to try to turn red states like Mississippi, Louisiana, Missouri, Texas, from red to purple, from purple to blue, is an actual put forth effort. Well documented. So that needs to be taken care of. This whole yeah, idea. Kind of yes, sir. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Right. And it's kind of funny that places like Louisiana, you know, who, and, you know, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and all that, you know, Texas oil rig companies, you know, places that, you know, refineries and everything else. It's like, Amazing, they all voted for Trump in 2016, and then, you know, they voted for Biden in 2020, even though Biden openly said they were going to shut all their jobs down. That, yeah, ain't that something else? You know, that flag that that doesn't make sense. All of a sudden, you know, Biden's telling them we're getting rid of fossil fuels and everything else, and the majority of the people that are out there and stuff that work in, you know, the fossil fuel industries. So there was no way they were going to vote for Biden, yet all of a sudden there was a red wave. And a lot of people were still complaining, going, we never voted for him. Well, some of these people must be completely, partially, but completely out of their mind. Worse so that, I don't know, whatever they're taking is similar to what you see the reaction of Joe Biden. These people are walking dead. They're walking numb nuts. 
That's what well, it is. The, the only difference this time around is right now, even even fake news is saying that Trump is up by a lot. So uh, there, there's tons of video that the the black community is. It's almost. I don't know how close it is to fifty fifty, but it sure looks like it from me from from watching alternative media. And the only people that are still interested in, in, in Biden seem to be the white liberals. Well, proof, I tell you the truth. I don't understand it. I don't understand people's thinking. Is people thinking persuaded on being afraid, myth, spirituality? I don't know what it is. The Bible, I don't know what it is. They're waiting on the rapture to come straight into I don't know. But if I had his Fianchi, much obvious, you might know this though, Fianchi, but if Trump is up by twenty three points with thirty days left before the election, the fifteen percent is generally the benchmark where where you can't you're not gonna have enough fake ballots to, to overcome the uh the public. And so if at this point, and I, and I said this before, that it, it, part of this is Trump's fault for letting it be that close that it could be stolen. I'm not saying it's right to steal. I'm saying that Trump should have really hit harder the last time around. And I, I think that, that, that Dr. Fraudy got to him. I think Dr. Fraudy single-handedly changed that election. Well, yeah, he did. You know, he only lost in the loop in uh, Georgia about what eleven thousand votes. Well, yeah, Pennsylvania, where he was up by five hundred thousand and still lost by a little bit. We just heard a report. Sarge talks about it, where they found yeah, hundred and fifty thousand, hundred and fifty thousand suspicious ballots. All those mysterious late night boxes that were actually, you know. Put into the, you know, for them to count. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, a ballot, that's 150,000 mail-in ballots with no crease for envelopes on them. What kind of crazy mess? You know, a person would have to be a super damn fool to even try to do so. Don't you see that you got a mail-in ballot and you're putting it in a pile, V counted, and it hasn't been even folded as if it came out of an envelope? What kind of fool are you? And the, and all of them just had had uh, Brandon voted in, and no Congress, no Senate, no ballot questions. Just just uh, eighty two thousand times the the same the the same handwriting, the the same uh, not not creased, but went in the mail, all perfectly uh, pristine paperwork that just went through the printer once, uh, just the day before is what it looked like. Yeah, well, that, that's totally believable. Oh, yeah, you know. And that's like, you know, me, I don't believe half the time I don't believe the polls anyway because, you know, you know as well as I do, you know, I used to work for a political market research company at one point. Um, I know what they do to fudge those numbers. And if Trump is seriously leading Biden and, the, you know, there's – some of the polls are actually usually paid for by the Democratic Party. They really are, just like other polls are paid for by the Republican Party. But if all the Democratic polls are saying 
that Trump is ahead of Biden by the margin he is right now, that means they had to fudge that just to get that percentage in, which means if they didn't fudge those numbers on the poll, Trump's probably leading by a hell of a lot more. Yeah, if the if usually the, the poll might be, I would say that that might be an 8 to 10% skew, which is normal, uh, what I would say probably happened in the, in the selection of Brandon. So if he's up by 20, it means he's up by 29. I would say probably a little bit more than that. I would say close to 35. Because, mm-hmm. as I said, how they used to do some of the political polls that we used to have to deal with on a daily basis was, you know, they say they had a national poll of 100,000 100, pollsters. They literally they would do phone calls and do the political survey with and ask them who you know who they plan on voting for. And some of the some of those they want the numbers to come out a certain way. And if they don't come out a certain way, they will print more surveys and call an extra twenty thousand people just to get the numbers as close as they can to what they want for the numbers for the political party. Right. I have seen this before. Oh, I believe you. So yeah, well, they, they might you might have to survey ten thousand people, and eight thousand of them would be Democrats, so they can try and get the numbers how they want. Exactly. <laughs> so if Biden, is, you know, if Trump is leading by as much as he is right now, and the Democratic Party paid for you, and they actually said there wasn't really an independent poll, so I think the Democratic Party might have have helped pay for the poll, that they had to fudge a lot of numbers just to get those to the point where they were like, that's the best we can do. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's going to get to that point at the at the ballot box next year where if Trump maintains that lead and it's as obvious, they, they, can, only, they can only fudge up to a certain amount. If, if Trump has a 27-point lead, they – they're not going to be able to to fake it 30% the other way around. Yeah, exactly. The best they can do is try to get the percentage number of Trump down just a little bit so that it's like, well, Trump's leading, but not that much. Right. And in all reality, it's like he could be leading by a landslide. Oh, it could be this this next selection better be – Ronald Reagan versus Walter Mondale in 1984. That, that's how it should look. <laughs> and it's not because I dislike Brandon that much. It's just when you look at social media, and I don't care which social media it is, when you get people in the projects, you, you get south side of Chicago that, that says they're tired of getting crapped on and they're voting for Trump. The, you see it in the projects, and that, that that's a good telltale sign that the Democrat Party doesn't have it right now. And we've either got Trump doing his extra victory tour, so to speak, going, yes, I'm going to run again, yes, I'm going to beat Biden, and, you know, everything that so far in that trial has been BS. And you know, they're, you know, his 
He's been campaigning on that, and everybody's been loving it. And on the other portion of the Republican side, Vivek Ramaswamy has been taking everybody to town. Yeah, that, that uh, I mean, yeah, every every debate he gets better for some reason. Oh yeah, come on. He sat there and told Christine Ohm the other night that she couldn't name she couldn't name three counties no, in the no, Ukraine. No, not Christine Ohm, no, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. Correct yourself. Yeah, sorry. And then the, the look on Nikki Haley's face was like it was a look of shock, like. Please, God, don't let him ask, ask me which counties. Please, God. Yeah, she looked like Chris Ashley Chris Simpson on that Saturday Night Live episode that ruined her career. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't vote for her anyway. No. And then you have Chris Christie stepping in, uh, a- acting like, uh, don't pick on her. Uh, she's a great lady. You, you, you could pick on me instead, but she's a lady. You leave her alone. She, he didn't say that, but that was the implication. Yeah, that was the implication. But then again, if she's going to be president of the United States, she's got to have, she's got to be able to defend herself anyway. She's got to have that backbone, and she doesn't. Yeah, I, I can't believe you have Chris Christie basically sucking up to Nikki Haley and says, uh, I know you're more popular than me, so can I be your vice president? That's what that looked like. <laughs> That's like the head of – that's like in high school, you know, the head of the AV class sticking up for the head cheerleader, and she doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Vivek, Vivek was like the star quarterback going, give me a break, people. <laughs> when he told Chris Christie to sit down, go have a dinner, and let and let the real politicians deal with this, I died laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know Vivek just wanted to tell him, go eat another donut, you fat bastard. <laughs> yeah, so he had to be politically correct. He had to rein himself in, but yeah. still, yeah. You knew what he was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't have too much faith on him. Who, oh, Vivek? Trisky. Oh, no, he, he, what was funny was as of Tuesday, he didn't qualify. So uh, I don't know what strings they had to pull to get him in there, but the Democrats really wanted him because they, they think he's the star. Well, uh, the Republicans? No, the Democrats, that, that's who they push. They, they push Christian. Oh, yeah. Well, the CNN and MSNBC has also been pushing a lot of, well, the Republicans really like, you know, like Christy Nome, and it's like, no, we don't. No, Christy Nome we like from South Dakota, the governor, oh, but yeah. Chris Christie. That, that, Why do I keep you're getting tra- Nikki Haley and Christy Nome mixed up? Oh, yeah, because I wouldn't vote for either one of them. Well, Christy Nome did a great job in South Dakota. I'll give her credit. And she's on the short list for, for Trump's vice presidency, which... I would endorse wholeheartedly. I, oh, I just don't think it would be Vivek. I, I don't. I just. Uh, I could see a job somewhere for Vivek, but I don't think vice president is it. Uh, I, I think that Trump. 
I don't think that Trump would view Vivek as a as a threat, but he wants somebody that's not loud at all. That's why he that's why he was okay with with Mike Pence, even though that wasn't his choice, because Mike Pence basically kept his mouth shut. Uh, pretty much, yeah. And then him so, turning his back on him at that point, going, you know, he really wasn't that great of a president. And it's like, you did everything he asked of you that Trump asked of, asked of him, he did. Mm-hmm. If Trump told Mike Pence to jump, Mike Pence would say, how high? Yeah. And then, you know, to turn around and kind of backstab him the way he did after, you know, after Biden... Uh, falsely, you know, won the election. Yeah. Mike Pence was a joke. He was a quiet, calm-looking, innocent-looking joke. He was kind of the tan quail of the modern era. Trump had the ability to run the country, but when it came down to assigning important support out of people, it was very, very piss poor. I mean, from the very beginning with those attorney generals, Sessions and Barr, Barr looked like he's waking up from a drunken stupor sometimes. And the rest of them, you had the secretary, of the, the secretary of the State Department spying on his conversations. That was probably led by that Susan Rice. I'm sorry to say, and as difficult as it would be and easy as it sounds, you know, someone like him who's coming in with the type of policies that he's professing, you have to damn near get rid of everybody. Right, exactly. Hence the reason why both a lot of Democrats and a few Republicans didn't like Trump because when he became, you know, because he said it when he said it, you know, he was going to drain the swamp, and he knew the swampy people. I mean, he didn't get rid of the people from the swamp, but he drained it enough so we could see what exactly what the problem was. Well, he did what he could with the, with basically one hand tied behind his back. Yeah, impeachment here, impeachment there, you know, mm-hmm. launching a virus on the world so so Biden would learn so dumb. Trump would look like a fool, yet he fooled all of them. And that was the funny thing was all of that, too, was, you know, when when all the Democrats and stuff over that, you know, over that final year in 2020 were, you know, they were like, you know, oh, my God, Trump told everybody to shoot bleach up their arms. Oh, boy. I listened to that press conference word for word. I was, you know, I watched it live. And he, he. He was literally asking, is there anything, you know, 
like a like you know like a bleach that we could use, not necessarily bleach or a bleach. He was asking if there was something that helped purify the bloodstream that would help. But naturally, they took it as a you know misinterpretation, and it was like he was trying to tell everybody to shoot bleach up their arms. Well, that just goes to show you how ignorant, teetering on the point of stupidity, people are today. I never in my life seen so many stupid people. And believe me, they are earnest in their stupidity. When they say they believe it, they believe it. I mean, for the most part, you know, Trump was a businessman, always has been, always will be. You know, he wrote the book, The Art of the Deal. You know, I've had many deals that I've actually read the book and used tips and actually got a better deal because of that. The man knows what he's talking about. You know, whether, you know, whether he's a straight shooter or not, you know, we got that, but most people didn't get that. You know, he was a sarcastic bastard at times. And he did it just because he was tired of people's intelligence or lack of. I mean, you know, the reporter that, um, the, the complaint of the reporter that, you know, with the handicap where, you know, yeah. Trump did the whole yeah, thing with him. I don't dare mention the reporter's name because I do not like the man anyway. And he deserved it. Trump may have been sarcastic about that, but damn, he deserved it. Because he was trying, literally trying to, you know, completely badmouth and falsify evidence against Trump. And he did a little political hit piece on him as when he's trying to be elected. And it just so happens the guy is, guess what, a Democrat, you know. Well, that's a shocker. And the guy happened to, you know, be friends with, you know, Hillary Clinton, too. Another shocker. So naturally, he was going to try to bad mouth Trump, but, you know, how well that went. And then, you know, how well the Russia collusion did for, you know... Well, even on that accord, somebody should have went to jail. Even that damn Comey. This FBI is toxic. You know, I hear people talking about getting rid of these agencies. Well, they may not need to be totally gotten rid of, but they sure in the hell need to be totally restructured. And then there needs to be put in place some policy for severe punishment if we ever again see what we have witnessed in the last several years. I mean some severe punishment. Now, half of the senior staff of the FBI should have been fired. At least a third of the CIA should have been fired. Um, Nancy Pelosi should have been censured and outed and forced to resign. But they were quick to get rid of George Santos, though. Yeah. Maxine Waters is another one. 
Yes, she crossed state lines, goes to Minnesota and, and incite riots, instructing people to go out and to commit terroristic acts on those who go against her likeness, those who are, quote, unquote, MAGA, those yeah. who are, quote, unquote, for the liberties that are supposed to be guaranteed by U.S. Constitution, she should have been she should have been censored and kicked out of Congress. Hell, so many of their politicians. But that's okay because it's loving and liberal. Yeah. The loving and liberal just hate the right people. I mean, come on, even even during the pandemic, you know, quite a few people would sat there and said, oh, you know, not wearing a mask and going out in public would be a terrorist act right now because you could infect people. Yet, Gavin Newsom was at a dinner in Sonoma. Nancy Pelosi was at a freaking hairdresser. And AOC took a vacation with margaritas in Florida. Well, what about Gretchen Whitmer? That was the worst. Oh, yeah. Gretchen's another piece of work. Oh, but allegedly she's on the short list if something was to happen to Brandon. And can, see, you imagine a, can you imagine a presidential ticket of Gruesome and Gretchen? Oh, hang on. You made me throw up in my mouth for a second. Hmm. Oh, God, that would be a nightmare. And people would vote for it because, well, it's not Trump. Not many, not many, but some would. And half of the dumb Democrats that they sat there and asked, they've asked another poll at one point about, you know, if you would vote for Gavin Newsom, you know, if he ran for president, why would you vote for him? And, you know, the majority of the people only said because he's a good-looking man. Mm, yeah. Had nothing to do with the politics or anything else. It's because he was pretty. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the Gary Hart effect, right? Yeah. I remember him? Yeah. And see now, looking at the policies, look at the blacks in Chicago. They're up in arms, mobs. You go into one of those meetings, and the tension is so damn thick, it seems like you can cut it with a knife. There are absolutely pissed but you know here's the point they vote for these people over and over and over again Danny Davis Gus Savage Danny Davis reportedly said and I heard him because I asked a question about the southern border and he responded saying there's room for everybody what kind of damn attitude and what type of decision is that? That's totally ludicrous. But as I said again, people vote for him. Like they did this present mayor in Chicago who wants to blame the woes of Chicago, get this, on the Civil War. Right, well, exactly. Well, how in the tale do the two of them have any relationship whatsoever? It just don't make sense. <laughs> For 50 years, California voted for one person 
to be in the Senate, and literally they had asked polls, and they had no clue what she was or what she was about. Yet when the ballot came up, they voted for Dianne Feinstein every freaking time. And the only reason why was because she had a slogan just like Nancy Pelosi with her For the Children. Mm-hmm. You know, Nancy or Dianne Feinstein was for the people of California. And they were like, oh, she's for the people of California. Let's vote for her. And little did they realize she was actually the freaking Sith Lord. And I'm not really trying to speak ill of the dead, but, you know, she was dead 20 years beforehand. You know, they just didn't prop her up in her coffin yet. And a hush fell over the crowd. Oh, sorry. I thought you were still going. Oh, and I had to take a breath for a second. Oh, all right. As I said, well, hard to rant. My lungs were hurting for the last few days. So uh, I'm sure this is uh, one of Pianchi's favorite parts of the show. We haven't done Mr. Broccoli yet. If you want to catch, if you want to catch your breath. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to listen from your end. I can't watch it today because. Uh, after seven years, my laptop died, so. Okay. So I'm either looking for a new laptop or trying to find a new motherboard to replace my to replace the one on my laptop, so. Understood. Yeah, I can All listen right. to broccoli. Oh. Let me, uh, let me go ahead and get this uh, loaded up here. All right, so in this episode, G. Lobelist tries to hire Broccoli Man. So uh, what people might not know is that uh, the wiretap is uh, is the superhero of the 1%, and G. Lobelist runs that firm. Uh, it's like DC and Marvel, where the two will never be on the same team. So uh, G. Lobelist is trying to hire broccoli man to come to his dark side so let me get that queued up here and uh this is on rumble so if you use rumble please look up broccoli man and like and follow us i'm gonna count down three two one action I have a lot to do today. I have to leave right now to go catch some predators. There is a moving fan full of illegals and most of them are children. They are parked in a China Mart shopping center. I have to get there before the van takes off. I wonder who this could be. Hello again green dude. I brought Geolobalist here with me today. Hey I have to leave right now. I have a time-sensitive assignment right now. If you are upset, you can tell it to my card, please. Hey, green dude. You told me to tell Geolobalist to kiss you all. So I brought him here so you can tell him directly. 
Now I want to watch you cower in fear and apologize to G Globalist. Do whatever you need to do. I just need you to leave my office so I can catch some child traffickers. So Mr. Broccoli, are these allegations true? Yes it is. Kiss whatever you need to kiss. Just get out of my office so I can go to work. That will not be happening today. I am demanding you quit this job right now and help us with our crime syndicate. No one is taking our gene therapies anymore. Our sales are down 93%. A trust level among the American public is 4%. We need to sell these gene therapies and we need your assistance in helping Elias Nicker do just that. That sounds like a big fat nopathon. Perhaps you did not hear me. We are prepared to make you an offer. No thank you. I do not negotiate with globalists. That was a very poor choice of words says Green Dude. We are prepared to capture you right this very instant and let your carcass decompose in my lair. Or you can come fight against patriotism and I shall pay you whatever money you are requesting. Broccoli Man is not for sale. Now I need to leave before that moving van full of kids takes off. You will not be doing that today, sir. You will be signing a contract with Geolobalist and changing your alliances, sir. Mr. Broccoli, we are prepared to give you a five-year contract at $50 million US a year. All you need to do is work for us and assist in selling these gene therapies. You need to help us with commercials and telling everyone how safe and effective our gene therapies are. It is a very easy way to make $50 million annually. But they are not safe or effective. No means no. Yes. Yes means yes. You no longer have to tell anyone how bad these gene therapies are. You also no longer will be arresting child traffickers. You will simply assist us and be the face of our advertising. You will also be arresting whistleblowers who want to come forward with speaking stop against our crimes. I will never comply with getting millions of people shot up with gene therapies. You will never talk me into helping you kill people. You will not have to kill people Mr. Broccoli. That is a job to do that. You will have to simply do commercials for Lysnicker Pharmaceuticals, sir. Tell everyone about the Freedom Microchips, get the latest gene therapies, and most importantly, you need to put a bloody scam on that face. You will be trained by the wire attack and soon enough you will defeat the 99%. I don't take orders from the wiretap. Hey calm down sir. You are not in bargaining position, sir. Okay, green dude. If you do not want to take orders from the wire act up, I shall make you his boss. You will direct orders to the wire it up. That is not cool, geolobalist. If you do not like it, wire it up, you can chase my codpiece. Mr. Broccoli, you will also do commercials for Bragg's apple cider vinegar. It is used for apples made with Bill Gates appeal apples. Why would anyone still buy that mess? I only buy non-GMO produce. And I do not use any product that gets coated on fruits and vegetables that has cancer-causing agents on it. That is all well and good. 
but you need to start working for us so the rest of those 99% something that cares purchase it and then perish. We need to only have the 1% living on our earth. The best benefit of working for G-Globalist. We still get to go to Epstein's Island on vacation whenever we want. You just have to put it in your vacation time, sir. You can tell the public that fluoride and astrazine are good for you. We can make the commercials as friendly as possible. And but of course, you can be creative with getting commercials done for Elisnica Freedom Microchips. You will get to take private jets and have an entire staff assist you on your way to climate change summits. Isn't that counterproductive to wasted energy? Of course not, sir. We just need to close up all the energies in the Western world so we can present it to China. The whole Earth will be run by China very soon, green dude. Ain't it funky, brother? You will be helping us get Alex Jones, Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and proof negative off of the American airwaves. Those biznitches need to be taken to those FEMA camps. That they do not exist. Then we can start helping Jack Smith round up anyone that shared a tweet or commented positively on X formerly known as Twitter regarding Donald Trump. We need the world to realize that Brand and Governor Gruesome, and Michael Robinson or Obama is the future of the one world government. As I am sure you know, Michael Robinson or Obama is a nice lady. Okay Mr. Broccoli. Please come with us and we can get your contract signed. Then you will be on our list of superheroes. Our first order of business is to get high school students to worship the lies and make a suicide pods. They are already confused from not knowing if they are male or female. In Canada we are doing very well with our pods for high school students who are depressed. The government there tells those something that cares that the suicide pods are the best way to treat depression. When the universal basic income gets rolled out, we can save lots of monies by having less populations, green dude. That means more monies for us. While every American is stuck in a 15 minute city and not going outside for any reason, we can do anything we please as the 1%. I do not care if it is $10 billion a year. I am not interested. Tis tis green dude. You made a very bad decision sir. Now we must eradicate you and say this because you did not get your latest cover its boosters. If you are not joining us, we shall euthanize you so your voice does not interfere with our bottom line. Simply put, we must return the Earth to Lucifer in the condition he requires. Alright everyone. I have to get the trash out me office. Please learn about all of what the globalists are doing to us. They want all the 99% dead without you even knowing how or why. You need to check out the Proof Negative radio show. Proof has on great guests, excellent co-hosts, and all the news against the new world order you need to hear. Go to freedomizerradio.com and click on listen live. Also, check the freedomizerradio.com schedule on the website and find all the other shows on there.
Freedomizerradio.com is where to check out Proof Negative at 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. That is 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time Monday through Thursday. Beat the globalists. Not cool green dude. Just for that unnecessary outburst, you must disrobe right this instant and put your blouse, your dungarees, and your underoos on the ground right next to my person. I need to check your person for any constitutions, any handguns, or any combustible engines inside your junk. You best be showing me a clean ice cream cone with two kumquats in it. Now that G-Globalist is here, there is no way out and no way to turn down a request to grapple with your junk. Don't worry I will not comply. I can have security carry you out so I can get back to work. Alright, so that was an episode. That was a good one. <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for listening. So uh I don't know what else you uh you had in mind to discuss tonight. Oh gee, uh so well, uh, we, according we, to the we, Gateway Pundit, uh oh go ahead. I'm sorry. Well I was gonna say we touched on the debates, we touched on, you know, some of the stuff that was been said within the last week. Um, the Title IX hearings have been going on this week. Those have been interesting to watch. Uh, other than that, I'm good. What else did you so, have from the... <laughs> I, I do think it's hilarious how all these uh, billionaires are withdrawing their their donations to these woke colleges because some of them are even Jewish that are donating uh, like a billion dollars to University X, for example. That's hilarious to me. You're going to, you're going to call me, uh, uh, you're going to tell me that I need to die because I'm not Palestinian. Um, all right, well then I'm going to cut your funding. I'm okay with that. (laughs) And the truth will come out. Right. So Hunter Biden got new uh he got new charges today oh they did finally charge him good who knows what will happen and i'm sure at some point if he gets uh if he gets indicted and has to before he serves a day i'm sure brandon will pardon him well they tried to um hunter biden his his lawyers and stuff tried to uh appeal a ruling about using the laptop and its evidence. Right. And the judge, the judge flat out told him, nah, we're going to keep that in there. <laughs> right. I think it's hilarious. He's trying to sue everybody for, for looking. He tried to sue the IRS well, over the laptop that he left at the uh, – he, he tried to sue the guy that he left the laptop with. Yeah. <laughs> Like one dumbass should have paid well, his, He should have paid his laptop bill. Go ahead, Bianchi. Well, if what I hear was on the laptop, 
then you're supposed to support report something like that. You know, right. if a child go to school every day and they got bruises, cigarette burn marks, well, the staff is supposed to report that to the authorities. Well, the same thing should apply with the things that we heard that was on his laptop that was just totally, totally demonic. I mean, come on, they have pictures of them with drug abuse, sexual abuse, uh, you know, sexual assault, and they're all turning a blind eye to it. It's like, oh, his finger paintings now are worth a fortune. It's like, give me a break. I wouldn't even use those for toilet paper. Well, that's yeah, just to sell access, that's worth, all. If his fingerprints are worth what he say they are, well, then one has to answer this case in New York against Donald Trump on overinflating the value of his property, well, where did that apply? And well, wouldn't that also apply to his uh, to his child support that that he doesn't pay, or that he was trying to say he's broke? Well, according to Biden, that grandkid doesn't even exist. Right. I mean, that would be rough that, you know, <laughs> my, my grandfather was president of the United States and he didn't think I existed. <laughs> you know, way to go, Grandpa, you know. Well, have you ever seen the uh, the son of Bill Clinton, the, the black kid that, that says that uh, his – his mom looks just like uh, looks just like Bill. I've been seeing that picture since the nineties. Right. Oh, and they try every chance to shut him up. I'm surprised Hillary's team hasn't gone after him. Oh, who knows? Maybe they have. Maybe that's why you don't see him too often in the news anymore. <laughs> Oh, we'd have heard if he committed suicide or, you know, or if he, yeah, if he, he got, got mother, or if he got Vince Foster. <laughs> Vince Foster is the best suicide I've ever heard. Because after he, after he allegedly killed himself, he put himself in a duffel bag. After he, after he shot himself in the back while he's handcuffed in the front, uh, he he chopped himself up, put himself in a duffel bag, and and drove himself fifty or ran or or did something fifty miles away uh, with with him in the suitcase. So he props exactly. to him for uh, for being able to be unassembled and place place himself in a duffel bag and and uh, get out of town for fifty miles. Now Chris Angel would love to have that magic trick. Yeah, nobody can top that one. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, what else do I have for clips here? So, uh, I did want to, we have time. Uh, I want to go through Riley Games versus this liberal, when uh, the liberal was trying to tell Riley that she's transphobic. 
Uh, it's oh, about eight yeah. years. That's what I was going to mention about the title, about uh, the title line hearings. So yeah, go ahead and play that. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind, and welcome to How to Deal with Leftoids 101. You know, it's actually pretty easy, and it's kind of the reason why we see leftoids avoiding debate and discussion like it's the freaking plague. The reason they're constantly a no-show in the battleground of ideas is because their ideas are trash, but mostly their arguments are built upon a bunch of false premises, false assumptions, every argument seemingly held up by a scaffolding structure of lies. And so all you got to do is remove one structural pillar and the whole thing falls apart. And when it comes to leftist arguments and rhetoric, there's so many freaking holes, it's like Swiss cheese. All you got to do is find the vulnerability and exploit it, and it's pretty much GG. Good game. Game over. Well, I'm laying down the context here in the intro because I have the perfect viral example, a video that completely exemplifies the concepts laid out in the intro. Let me show you guys exactly what I mean by that. We got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. All right, folks. Here's the viral moment that everyone's talking about on Twitter. Here's Riley Gaines, student-athlete extraordinaire turned activist, debating, well, your typical unimpressive Democrat who happened to stumble their way into a congressional seat somehow. Such as teamwork and goal setting. In terms of mental health, studies show that participating in youth sports is associated with lower rates of anxiety and depression, lower amounts of stress, higher self-esteem and confidence. Women must stop. Inclusion cannot be prioritized over safety and fairness. And Ranking Member Lee, if my testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. Thank you. I now, thank you, uh, Ms. Gaines. I now recognize Ms. Perry for her opening statement. Good afternoon, Chairman McLean, Ranking Member Lee, and distinguished members of the subcommittee. My name is Sarah Parshall Perry. I am a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. As a former varsity athlete, the mother of a girls varsity athlete, and former senior counsel for civil rights at the Department of Education, I have, as the saying goes. Uh, Madam Chair, excuse me, I move to have uh, the gentlewoman's words taken down. The committee will suspend. Madam Chair, she's engaging in personalities. Can I just ask how it's fair to be called transphobic? There's a thing. I would say men disguising themselves as women are engaging in personalities. Order. Yes. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Order, order. Let's let's get a ruling. The chair. Okay, I move to withdraw the point of order. Yeah. Um, I now recognize Ms. Perry for her opening statement. You can start over. Thank you. And that right there is the perfect argument. It's all that needs to be said. You know, respond to these leftoids with the same nonsense and lunacy that they attack you with. Democrats want to play the game of just slapping labels on people, and we should play the exact same game. Protecting young female sports makes you transphobic, then supporting the opposing side, the destruction of female sports, for the inclusion of biological males in that realm of competition. If anything, I'd argue that's quite misogynistic, isn't it? Who can play at this game? You know, it's like I've been saying for a while at this point. Democrats and all of their isms, very quickly these dishonest Democrat tactics of labeling people with whatever relevant ism they could think about, well, it's starting to lose its power. 
kind of like the boy who cried wolf. Democrats have cried fascism way too many times. At this point, the word fascism has completely lost its meaning. It's lost its power and significance. Now we hear Democrats say, ooh, fascism this, fascism that, and everyone pretty much instantly disregards it at some point. Maybe there will be an actual threat of fascism, but probably most people won't be paying attention because we've heard it a million times before. Oh, everyone who disagrees with you is a fascist? Any political ideology or policy that isn't progressive is fascism? Oh, interesting. Let me disregard that opinion entirely and move on with my life, acting like a normal, rational, adult human being. Transphobic this, that, and the other literally everything is transphobic yeah i don't think so not buying it no longer buying it i think is what a lot of people are saying even some people who would have been susceptible to the rhetoric maybe three to four years ago i think a lot of those people are starting to wake up realizing they're being played they're being dragged along in all of these activist attempts you know these mass gaslighting events you have all of these emotionally susceptible people who are being dragged along, dragged through these nonstop emotional roller coasters only to be disappointed and find out, I don't know, maybe fraud lies at the end of it, like BLM, for instance. And it's getting to a point where people just no longer buy it anymore. You're not transphobic because you believe that females should be competing against females in a fair, equal, balanced sporting environment. You are not transphobic. You are just a rational human being thinker. Obviously, because the arguments on the other side, well, they're not exactly convincing. You know, Mrs. Lee here, Democrat representative, her argument isn't exactly sound, now is it? Oh, the emotional well-being. Yeah, the emotional well-being of what? Less than 1% of the population at the detriment of all young females and their ability to compete in their own freaking sports? It's a crackhead idea. But then, of course, the copium comes out. Here's the second element to the argument. I mean, if you were skeptical, I'm <laughs> call your skepticism cured at this point. And success in school sports depends on a whole range of factors, including how hard you work and coaching and access to really good resources and facilities. And trans students participate in sports for the same reason as their kids, because it is fun, because it creates belonging and community, because it teaches so much about persistence and leadership and, and discipline, unless they learn to lose gracefully, hopefully, and often they learn to win with dignity, hopefully. Um, they learn to do the sort of work that means you have higher grades and stay connected to school. I want every kid to have that chance. Well, there it is, folks. Women are just going to have to deal with it. I just deal with it, bro. You know, the left's political messaging to young women who are concerned about their safety in sports and their ability to gain scholarships and just compete in the world of female sports in the first place, yeah, none of that matters. Suck it up, bro. Don't be such a whiny baby, bro. That's essentially what feminists are telling young women. What an absolute farce. I mean, great argument, right? Anybody who disagrees with our idiotic policies is a transphobic bigot who doesn't care about the happiness of less than 1% of the population at the expense of literally 50% of the population. Like, these arguments are so stupid. Stupid. It's really astonishing to see anybody take that side. You know, the left is a cult. That's what we keep saying, and it's because it's true. You have to be a cultist to stand by this nonsense. You just have to be. There is no other explanation. There's no justification for any of this. It's a bunch of copium, a bunch of people who have just bought into the partisan ideas and rhetoric. Their arguments are trash. What they're saying makes absolutely no sense. 
And that's why it's so easy to debunk. It's so easy to make them look like complete fools with a simple question. Well, if I'm a transphobe, then you must be a misogynist. Or here's a great question that we've seen in the past completely dismantle leftist rhetoric and ideology. Just simply ask them, well, what is a woman? Define a woman without using the term woman. You're all of a sudden, you're very confident leftoid pushing up their glasses. <laughs> Actually, turns into a blabbering fool, stumbling all over themselves, confused, uh, 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 sounding like freaking Justin Trudeau unable to answer a question, unable to come up with a logical counter, and that's because their ideas, their rhetoric is not based in logic, but rather based in feeling and whatever the cultist leftist trend of the day is. Find the leftist behavior or the leftist ideal and then justify it, work backwards, instead of building sound arguments based on facts and, you know, basic common sense and the well-being of society. Anyways, that's pretty much what I got for you guys on this one. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a like and possibly subscribe to the channel. Thanks for watching, friends, and I will see you on the next one. <laughs> so, I always like when, uh, when liberals get put in their place. I don't know why that's so funny. Yeah, it's it's everything the liberal hive mind said was true too. So, I you know I love his comments at times when he's going through stuff like that. But yeah, that was uh, that speech that she gave before. Uh, um, that speech about you know that you know all you know we're supposed to be equal and. All that was actually before the Riley Gaines comment. Right. Because she did that whole speech, and then Riley Gaines got her chance to speak, and that's when she called her a misogynistic person. Well, and it's that, not liberals, Where did I see this today? Someone said the, the liberals can't mean because they don't live in reality. I had somebody yeah. once after I, 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 I destroyed somebody on a meme badly. And yeah. uh, and all they had for me was they, they showed me a picture of my Facebook uh, avatar. I'm like, okay, you really got me there. You showed me, you showed everybody a picture of me. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, it's edgy there, isn't it? <laughs> And that's the funny thing is you try to go through logic with some of these leftoids and the, the moment you ask them a simple question, you know, even if it is, you know, without using the word woman to find what a woman is, and all of a sudden they just get, so, you know, you're an asshole or you're, you know, and it's like they can't debate the question. They can just, you know, do nothing but belittle you and berate you because you ask them an honest question and they can't answer it. I I just can't believe that you can ask a woman now what is a woman and they don't have any idea. That that's that's just weird to me. And that's that's why I think feminism is a joke or the feminists are a joke. Mm-hmm. Not because they're trying to fight for equal rights, you know. Truth be known, they're trying to fight for all rights above men, but that's another story. But the simple fact that if they truly cared about women, you know, feminists would not be supporting Hamas. 
and they're sure as hell wouldn't be supporting the rechange, the rechanging and rewording of Title IX so transgender people can get into women's sports. Right. Ooh. Ooh. Uh. You okay? Yeah, I'm, uh, hold on. Go ahead and play another clip. I'll be back in two minutes. Um, but I don't have a – do I have a two-minute clip? Let me see what I got. All right. Uh, if you need time, I could just play a clip out. We got, like, 20 minutes. I, I can cover it. Oh, I'm just hopping into something, so – just said, said I only need like two minutes, so. Okay, then we'll we'll figure it out. All right, I'll be right back. Didn't do anything that day. All right, so. So Elon Musk is doing an interview about Twitter and Elon Musk. Uh, I believe that Aaron, was it Aaron Sorkin guy, whatever. It and uh, he asked him a question about Twitter and advertisers who are boycotting Twitter. And ladies and gentlemen. We need a little bit more of this, but it was what he said after. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. That matters, too. Here, check this out. Apology tour, if you will. That this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. But go yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. Well, well let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't uh, advertise. What did he say? <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you, this parallel economy is growing by the day. I can completely relate to what Elon's talking about. I don't have Elon's money, obviously, not even close. Do okay? I'm not even one one millionth as rich as that guy is. I don't even, can't even do the math because he's got so much money. But I'm going to tell you something that I've, I don't think I've ever discussed openly on the show before. We've been under pressure for a really long time to just toe the liberal line on talking points. Don't talk about the 2020 election. You know, don't talk about voter fraud. What else do they do? Don't talk about COVID and masks or, or X will happen. Do X and Y will happen. The nice part about being in a position I'm in, when you're not guided by money or financial things. I like, I'm a capitalist. I enjoy making money. But, Joe, you've been with me the longest. You absolutely know for a fact that there were a couple of different companies who I felt were getting squishy on stuff who came to us and said, hey, we want to re-up, and we'd like to do this deal with you for another year to talk to your listeners. And you probably recall which ones, Joe. We were like, no thanks. No need to bash them. You, you know, you do your thing. You make your money with your product. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We'll see you later. Have a nice day. This isn't a good fit for the show. Folks, trust me. It happened. Not just once, but a couple of times. You mean you've turned down, like, six-figure advertising deals from companies? Yeah, not just once. Because I feel the same way Elon does. That we're going to stand by a show. This show is anchored in the truth. This show is anchored in saving the country. This show matters to me personally. And we're going to do our own damn show. And if you don't like our show and you don't realize, listen, I don't speak for these sponsors and they don't speak for me. 
I can almost guarantee you every sponsor we have on the show has some political viewpoint different than I do. Some of them may not even support a Republican. That's okay. You make your product. They leave me alone. We, they want to talk to you. They want to sell you the product. They don't get involved in politics. I don't get involved in their politics. Fine. You start pushing stuff down my throat, tell me what I can say or can't say, I'm sorry. There's a reason I do my own stuff now. Some of you will get that. Not doing it. He said something after that, though. He mentioned something about Twitter. If Twitter goes under, that it'll be their, their fault. That'll be these companies' fault. Folks, listen, that's a fact. These people are really looking to destroy the free speech platform he's trying to develop over there. I get there are some hiccups and hang-ups, but they're really doing their best to destroy it. Remember, what they can't control is the enemy, and that's a fact. And that's why you saw that outburst yesterday. Because I got a far worse temper than Elon, and although I contain it, I felt, I felt just as he did many times. We've had to leave a lot of people behind. That was a clip from the Dan Bongino Show. You can watch the full show. We recommend you do on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Bongino. All right. Did you make it back, sir? Yeah, I made it back. All right. I had to get a little bit comfortable and breathe a little bit. Okay. It's like I never thought that... Um, you know, something, you know, I, I never expected, to, you know, this basically to happen. So, so what I thought was bronchitis turned out to be, you know, uh, you know, stuff, you know, you know, rat stuff in the vents. And that's why, you know, every once in a while as a hobby, I sit there and watch certain things on YouTube where, you know, people that do car content, you know, cars that have been abandoned at barns for like 50 years and they get them started, try to get them started. And, okay. You know, they go to open the doors of the cars and there's like tons of rat's nests and mice nests and stuff all over. And it's like, I'm surprised these people don't get sicker than they do. But yeah, I'm breathing a little better now that I'm stretched out a little bit. All right. Well, we got we got about 15 minutes if we want them. So, what else would you like to go over today? Uh, let's see. I tried. Instead, I didn't catch a lot in the news, you know, over the last couple of days. So. You know, I'm at a latch of loss for the show today. <laughs> so what else interesting has gone on that you haven't discussed in the last two days? Um, well, uh, I was going to talk about Bill Gates. Uh, he's uh, he's bringing the new gene therapies to Africa, and he thinks that they're going to take them. He's going to force the... Uh, the digital IDs and the and the vax, uh, what is it? Uh, that's kind of why I was wanting to play the Russell Brand, but uh, I could cover that Monday. Oh no, go ahead and play Russell. Russell's always got good insight on everything. So, well now now it's a twenty minute clip, so that uh, won't help. Okay. Well, yeah. See, you know, in the mornings usually it's. 
you know, when you know, when I wake up in the morning and get functional, you know, I would like watch like Stephen Crowder for the first hour of my morning. Mm-hmm. And then by the time Stephen Crowder's, you know, doing Mug Club, I end up watching Russell Brand for an hour or two. And then I finally get ready, you know, dressed and functional and you know, then I'm out for the day. Other than that, then I'm trying to get report, you know, trying to find stuff to you know, talk about, so the last couple of days just haven't been that great for me to do that. Hmm. You know what? I, I've been I've been working with a, a bad headache uh, all week. Uh, my puppy, that's just over a year old, headbutted me kind of hard, and I've had a headache all week. Yikes! Yeah. She's an 80-pound Doberman puppy that uh, she doesn't know her own strength yet. <laughs> That's why I'm glad I've got a cat these days. No, we have six of them. There's room for everybody. Oh, I agree, but... Uh, lately, I haven't had the outdoor, you know, the last few years, I haven't exactly had the outdoor space for a dog. Yeah. Because I just can't see keeping a dog cooped up all the time. they got to run, they got to play, they got to, right. you know, having an indoor cat's a different thing that, you know, granted, cats do need to, you know, she gets her exercise enough around here, but. Well, yeah, and then the thing is, you can't really build a litter box for a Doberman. <laughs> a storage shed was <laughs> yeah then and my my days of cleaning dog crap are over so we pay someone to come by and and do it yeah it's just easier to you know for a cat to just scoop the poop throw it in the garbage can and get it over with but right exactly yeah we have three litter boxes for the six cats so each uh we, we we figured out that we should have two litter boxes for each cat, uh, for each cat, or one litter box for two cats, I should say. Uh, I still have one litter box for one cat, and I still clean it out on a daily basis. Oh, I clean mine uh, each. There's two of them that get cleaned out every day, and one that gets cleaned out every two or three days because the cats don't go back there as much. Ah. Well, yeah, it's a big house, and some days we don't let the back half of the house get opened. And see, just like dogs, dogs can love you unconditionally, you know. Yeah. Dogs seem, you know, they're loyal, you know, they love you unconditionally. Cats are just assholes. Like, they love what you and they want to love you or want food. Mm-hmm. Or in my case, my cat, she knows like when she doesn't, you know, when she filled up her litter box a little too much and then she's, you know, lovey and then she runs over by her litter box and kind of points at it a little bit with her nose. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you want your litter box changed, don't you? And then she starts rubbing on me. and So that's why I just got to the point it was like cleaning the cat box every day so she didn't complain. Right, exactly. 
Well, yeah, we, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, she still ignores me until it comes time for dinner time, so. And then she's all, love me, Dad, give me food. And it's like, all right, here, here's your tuna for the night. Well, we close off half the house uh, many days because it's just the two of us. Remember, I had a house at one time where we had three kids here. And, uh, and we have our, fi- our same five-bedroom house, except there's only two people living in it now. Wow. There's no um, sense in selling the house, because if we sell the house, then we're going to have that 8% interest rate, and we're going to end up paying a lot more for a smaller house that might be newer. And why would I do that? I I, I want my 3.375% interest rate. I'm going to guard this mortgage with my life. Oh, yeah. The one thing I wanted to did, did, did remind me all of a sudden of that, but... The one thing I wanted to bring up, but we've got like what seven minutes roughly, so we'll do it quick. Yeah. Yeah. Is that I never, I never thought I would see a school shooting at my alma mater until yesterday. Oh, UNLV. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, it was a 67-year-old professor that applied for a job and didn't get it. I don't know how believable that is. I, I usually take a couple days and let the, the dust settle because there's a lot of fake news that comes out immediately. I was just waiting to see who was going to try and blame this on Trump. The funny thing was I got a news alert. I get them every once in a while for like KTMD out of Las Vegas. Yeah. And I was watching, you know, all of a sudden it was, you know, a flash from KTMD that there was a school shooting at UNLV and they were having live updates and live camera reports, and so I just turned on my phone to it, and it popped up on the screen, and it was literally like they were doing footage from my old front yard. Yeah. It was like, hey, I lived, like, right near there. <laughs> you talking about to the house that, uh, that I met you at? Yeah. Okay. Cause come on, that was right around the corner from Tropicana, and you know that oh, was yeah. like less yeah. than a block. So that was just a trip. And some of the camera angles were almost like they were almost like fifty feet from the old house. But yeah, I just pray for everybody that you know, you know that had to deal with that, and you know the families and everything else, because. Apparently, it's like UNLV went on complete lockdown. They locked down. They had students that they had locked down in buildings, and you know that would suck. Yeah, my kids went to a junior high school once that got locked down, but for a different reason. Uh, let's see. It was Walter Johnson Middle School, uh, and somebody brought yeah. in. I forget what what it was, but it was extremely toxic, and they locked the school down, and uh, they went one by one testing the kids before they let them go, and 
it was not on a night where I had to pick them up, so I, I didn't go because there's no sense in standing outside for hours, and then I can't bring the kids home anyway. So, uh, but yeah, they got out at like 11 at night, and, uh, and there were still kids to go. I can't remember what that what that was. If you look up Walter Johnson, you'll see what the uh, what the the substance was. I can't think of what it was. <laughs> that was like during the pandemic. It was like in New York or New Jersey or what here in Vegas. Oh no no no! Back in New York and back either in New York or New Jersey when the pandemic hit. Oh, was that there were certain schools they they literally locked down and they were taking temperatures of every student in before they would let them go. Right. And if they did have the bug, that you know they had to be in an isolation room and their parents were called and. I can't believe that people still will live in New York. Because with with Governor Hochul said that she can she could put people in a camp whenever she feels like it if they if she feels that they're a public threat. <laughs> yet the criminals yet crime is at an all time high in the state of New York, you know. Yeah, but it's Especially more of a crime to uh, to vote for Trump than it is to yep. than to kill people. Yeah, to push people in front of subway trains and mug them. Yeah, I don't care if I ever go back to New York again. Said certain areas I don't want, I wouldn't want to anymore. California, you know, even though I have family in California, I really wouldn't, you know, I'd tell them to come to Colorado. But how liberal is Denver, though? Huh? How liberal is Denver? Well, the great thing, the fact I don't live that close to Denver. No, I realize that, but but I have to ask because Colorado is extremely liberal now. So. Oh, between Fort between Fort Collins and Denver, it's a liberal shithole. Excuse my language, but that's exactly what it is. Basically. The city of Denver and Fort Collins and some of the bigger towns up the north and the college towns, mind you. Like Greeley? You know, which are, you know, they're the major, you know, they're the major population of Colorado and they're red, all the red, or all blue states. Yeah. Yet all the little counties, the farming or the ranching communities and, you know, the rest of Colorado are red. The reason why, or the reason why we are a blue state is because the populace in those areas in Denver and stuff outweigh everybody else in the state. Uh, that's how it works. You get one big city and a bunch of little ones, and the big city wins on population because they know how to how to put Democrats in there. So I can say that you know. You know, we are a blue, you know, Colorado is basically a blue state, but don't judge a book by by its cover because a lot of the small towns in Colorado aren't exactly very blue at all. Right, exactly. But you're force-fed those policies. 
Yep, they believe in God, country, family, and the First and Second Amendment. Yeah, it's just a shame you guys got t- taken over by liberals, though. But we're we're out of time here for the night, so we will have you on air next Thursday, as always, Timo. It's always a pleasure having you here. Everyone else, I'll be back on Monday. Please support the other shows over the weekend. There's a lot more to Freedomizer than just the proof negative show. But until Monday, I'll run to the handrail, hope alive, and remember, only you can prevent the worst fight. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.